Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I and just I'm said it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. Is. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. I mean, he's from Hollywood, brother. <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, let's do it live on a First Friday Miracle Edition of the program. Quite frankly, you may need it. We need a little nightcap last night. Um, nice little program for you. National Signing Day. Berm going to join us at 920. You have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. Uh, a little bit of Super Bowl fun along the way as well. Amanda Christovich going to join us at 1133 on uh, the comings and goings in the business of the sport. Uh, I was there last night. I was in the building. Boys were in the building. Um, look, it's it brings back all the feels when you walk into the place and just from a personal standpoint, seeing people like George Reese and Satch Sullinger and uh, Jerry Emig and, and the great Tim Hall. Tim Hall killed it last night in the postgame show, by the way. Timmy was great, uh, enthralled with that driving home. And um, you, you see all of these people, and it, it's old home week. And, and and it was it was really cool. You see Indiana, you see the candy striper pants, and you see him warming up, and you 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 get all the feels again. You're in the Jimmy J. Grays, and and you go, okay, let's let's just win one. Let's just win one, and let's let's not worry about winning ten. Let's not worry about winning eight out of ten. Let's not worry about the any postseason. None of that, because when you walk in there, you you buy into it. You buy into this notion of let's win one and let's see if we can stack them. And the schedule does get easier um, in February. There's there's quite a few winnable games along the way, or, or so you thought. And then the game starts, and you play really well, and you're kind of cruising. And okay. It's a hell of a time. Bootsy's taking pictures with Brutus. Everybody wins. Um, you know, you got everyone's in the grays. It, it looks great. You're getting to the rim. Everything's pretty easy. You're up 18. That's a number, right? I ought to give you the shakes, I think, at this point. Don't be up 18. Don't That's ever be up rule. 18. I think the number's 20. Got to get to 20. I, I don't know. But you get up 18. And when that happened, I looked up at the at the clock and I saw 18. And I saw, you know, it was like 17 minutes left in the game or whatever it was. And I thought, too soon. Too soon for 18. And that's where we are, is too soon for 18. And then it was whittled to 12. It was whittled to 13. And there was a possession where I knew it was going to be trouble. And 
I don't know the exact minute mark, but it was inside the 10 minute mark. And we're up 10 with the ball. And uh, we make a drive to the rim. I can't remember if it was Roddy or not. He had he had several. He had five or six possessions in the second half that were he just over penetrated. He just got too far underneath, and there was nothing he could really get. Um, t- so it was turnovers or, or missed shots at the rim, and it could have been him. But you're up ten, you miss. They came down the other way. Galloway drilled a three, and it goes from ten to seven. And I went, oh no, because it this is fra- this is a fragile team. It's fragile. Um, they do, they do not believe, um, they don't, it's, they don't lack for fight. They fight, they don't fight intelligently, but they fight. And, and so it's seven. Then you go down at the other end and it's another turnover. It's an Indiana race out. It's two free throws and it's five. And it went from with the ball up 10 could have been up 12, keep a double digit lead to five in what amounted to about 45 seconds of the clock. And at that point, I knew they were cooked. I knew they were proper cooked on the Bruce Thornton offensive foul push-off on Trey Galloway. At that point, you're totally done. On an inbound play. It's on an inbound play. In which play. nobody stayed back to get the inbound, so that's so they, why you were in the situation Galloway's where Galloway a smart could get player. in there. Yeah. Galloway's a smart player. So he was fronting Thornton, and they couldn't inbound it. And several times, they would just have somebody walk it up and go get it, and then you get the handoff and away you go. But Bruce was frustrated. And he gave the, the the chicken wing, and he pushed off. It was the right call for sure, and and you get the turnover, and and then it all goes the way that it goes down the stretch. And yet, you're there with your. I'm there with the boys, and they're bouncing around like crazy. They're having the time of their life, pure joy for everybody. And you you get the a shot at the buzzer. You get a shot at the buzzer. They drew up a hell of a play for a shot at the buzzer that would have tied it. Uh, it's the old Bryce Drew play. It's the long pass down to the big, and then the guard comes underneath it. And they they executed it perfectly. They they get a, a Mahaffey makes a ridiculous catch in a bunch of traffic, pitches it to Bruce. Bruce gets a wide open three from it's deep, but I mean he's a college basketball player from twenty six feet. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching it release from his hand. I'm like my God, are we going to go to overtime? Are they going to salvage this? And of course, no, no, they're not. And how do you, how do you get here? How do you how do you get to this point of this? And and I think. I think we can all agree, like whether you listen to, I, you know, the, I saw, I heard what um, Shark put together from uh, Coach Holtman last night and, and was listening live last night to Timmy. You got to, you're broken, right? I mean, coach is broken. The team is, they don't believe. Um, I, I don't know how, how they got here. I don't know. Is it, is it, is it too big of a bet on, on Bruce? Did he, did he not turn into what they thought he would be? Um, he really didn't have the ball in his hands much of the last, 10 minutes it was mostly Roddy and then in the end he, neither one of them was involved at the end of the game and they were trying to get battle but they jumped it and that was it you're watching the game they don't have the Akpara foul trouble kind of exacerbated it they don't have the height length or depth that Indiana has Indiana's got three dudes that are monsters and by the way, Indiana's not great. They're booed off their home court against Penn State over They're the weekend. Definitely a beatable team They're, for Ohio State. For sure. Yeah, it's just one you had to have. Um, but they did not have the length. They didn't have the size to, to contend with the bigs. And they don't have anybody like Trey Galloway. Indiana kid coming off of an embarrassing home loss. He went into pick and roll with, with basically the one big over and over and over again. Um, and they had no answer for it. It was a mismatch every time. Every time it was a mismatch. It was a layup, 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 layup. And Galloway had guts, and he played hard, and he fought, 
And we didn't have anybody on that roster who's got that to him. We don't have that guy. And the the reality, you can talk about a million things about how you get to this point, all of this. This is the reality. They're not very good. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just it. They don't, they don't have, I, I was talking with, the, the boys use this line. They say, uh, he's him. I was talking to George Reese afterwards. I said, they don't have a him. They don't have somebody that when it's going to hell, let me go stop this. Let me go get a bucket. They don't have it. So I don't know if they missed it in the portal. I don't know if they missed it in recruiting. I don't know if they thought guys would be better than they are, but they don't have a him. And if you don't have a him in the Big Ten, this is what you get. You get you go from 12-2 and two to 13-10 and 10 in a month. And that's what we've watched. Because you don't have anybody that can close out these games because I've been talking about for the last few weeks the way they close out halves. And this one at least looked like, okay, maybe they, they righted that a little bit because they, they went ahead and had a really stellar first half. When I like all of a sudden looked up, because it was kind of a sloppy game at the beginning. There were a lot of fouls overall throughout the entire game. But especially in the first half, it felt sloppy to me. And Indiana was not playing very well in that half. But it's like, the Buckeyes have 40 in a half? Yeah. 42 in the first yeah. half last night. That surprised me. And I had that same, I was not in the building, but I had that same inclination that you had that at a certain point during a, a scoring drought and an Indiana run, I was like, oh, it was not enough. Indiana is going to come back and win this. There was a, it was, I went back and looked at the game log at 1157 left in the game. Buckeyes were up 55. 46 so up nine and scotty middleton missed a three and i remember that play specifically because i was thinking i was like i feel like they need you know they're up nine that yeah. seems like a comfortable lead but i feel like they need one more basket and they missed that one and that was basically it then indiana was able to get it into single digits and then just start chipping away the entire time but you're right when it went to five that's when i was like they're not gonna win indiana's gonna be the one that closes this out not a doubt in my mind and it's it's frustrating because you mentioned having him, and I think that's what the plan was for Bruce Thornton. And I don't know if he has not panned out exactly at, as they had planned or if the way the season has gone has just kind of broken him. But either way, he is broken. Like, out there, you can tell that he is not playing with confidence. He is not making good shot selections. He is not elevating the team in any way right now. And I'm not trying to just, you know, be so him, mean to yeah. him. But that's just what I see from him. And then every, then everybody else kind of follows suit, and it, it just doesn't work out. This team, it remains true from what I said at the beginning of the month when kind of this skid started that, like, there's not a game changer on this roster in Big Ten play. There just isn't. And I don't know what they're going to do about that the, the answer is they're not going to do anything about it because the, the season's over it's there's nothing left to really play for pride well, this is you want to win games of course but they're not going to the postseason they're not going to make a run through the big 10 tournament and make it that way like it's this season is a wash at this point I, i'm out it's gonna be it. a tough gonna be a tough february reese i mean it's a pride thing right you got maryland saturday at four and then next week the day before valentine's day you're at wisconsin Mm-mm-mm. Just uh, Ohio State's up thirteen going into half last night. Bo, how was the atmosphere? I thought at the Value the, City I, Arena. Look, I, the the lower bowl was largely full. Um, there were a smattering of people in the upper deck. Um, well, I guess the, the attendance issues being or the attendance yeah. being what it was. How was the atmosphere with the fans that were? I thought there? the fans were pretty good. I think th- to me it felt a little bit like it felt a little bit like Custer's last stand, like. Candy Striper, Jimmy J. Gray, let's go. Let's go. Let's go win a damn game. That's what it felt like. You listen to Coach Post game, I think that's what it felt like to him. Like, I think everybody knew what was at stake last night. I, I think there wasn't anybody in the building who didn't understand 
what was at stake, including everybody playing and coaching. They all know. They know. They're living it every day. And the thing is, is like, you had to get one in order to get two. Right. Right? You got to get Can't one. Build off this. And and so you have, you've got Indiana. It's, to me, and I heard, I, agree, I couldn't agree with Timmy more. Like, when someone asked me last night at the game, they're like, well, what do you think are like the your favorite games for Ohio State basketball? Like the protected rivalries thing with basketball. And and somebody said, well, obviously Michigan. I said, yeah. But I think Indiana, to me, is right there. I mean, I think the Indiana game is a, that's a, I don't know. It goes back to Bob Knight. and the, There's so much to it. I just, to They're me. consistently trading recruits, too, back and forth, at least through, yeah. like, the Thad Mata era. And so there's that. Uh, to me, like, so I think, to answer your question on atmosphere, I think the crowd, it wasn't, you know, this wasn't vintage where it was 18,000 sure. people. I mean, there were a lot of empty seats, obviously. The, the upper level was, other than just, like, mid-court, was largely empty. Um, but I thought the people that were there were into it. I thought they were dialed in. There was a lot of Indiana. I mean, Cups is a Centerville kid, so yeah. there was that type of stuff. Um, and they're they're go definitely Oaks. yeah go out there. Were, I did see El Pride, there was a guy. <laughs> of course. El Pride never dies. So of course there was, a, there was a guy that was walking by us that he gave me a big smirk, and I felt he's got to know chops. <laughs> and his um is he did have the the hoodie on that said El Pride never dies. He there had you the, go. The black hoodie that said El Pride never dies. So <laughs> there was that part of it. Um. It was just one of the things like you wanted for because if you could get Everyone through so if you could get through Jack Collinsworth, the broadcast wasn't too bad on Peacock. <laughs> um, I think it helped. Robbie Hummel is a great uh, chaser for that, but it, it sounded that sounded energetic. And I think it was you I wanted think to people, reward mm-hmm. that energy with a all right a double digit lead. Let's turn that into a double digit win because then to your point you build and now it's you just have a great fear for what's to come Saturday. Oh my God! Yeah, I think everybody knew what was at stake. I mean, you guys have never heard coach in a post game like that. Never. No. He knew what's it. Yeah, everybody knows. Well, and this would the have, score. This would have been the nice little stepping stones to get out of this skid because you've lost eight of nine, but you had a much more competitive game than we expected Friday against Iowa that came down to just a, a two point game. And then you, you come out in this second half, and if you were able to complete it against Indiana, then you got another beatable team against Maryland because after that they're not going to beat Wisconsin and Purdue regardless of what happened last night. No, but you could have stacked a competitive game on the road at Iowa and an Indiana and Maryland win, and it would have given you a little bit of lift on this season. Instead. They'll probably lose to Maryland, and then they'll lose two more, and that's three more losses to tack onto this. So that'll be 11 of 12. You're in a point now where this could end up going. I mean, you could end up being the bottom of power five. Yeah. That's how this could go. And it's going to be tough for everybody up there to hang it together. And that's this is the reality of the sport. It's a zero-sum business. It And I guess what it felt like last night was everybody was all in on it. And to come up short is as big of a gut punch as I've ever experienced in that building. Like, you knew what was in it. And that, by the way, these are not like, this isn't like playing Michigan State 10 years ago for the Big Ten title. Like, those were stakes. We're a long ways from that. But there were stakes last night. You could feel it. Um, National Signing Day is today. Berm going to join us with not much details on in terms of that. But I am curious from a roster construction, how are they going to get to a number that makes any sort of sense? He will join us on that coming up next. Uh, lots of football chatter, lots of college football business chatter coming up as well with Amanda Christovich. Hey, guys, um, get those to our fellows at 971BFS. We'll get to that at 11 o'clock. You're officially endorsed as well. We're off and running on our first Friday. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Big voice guy here to remind you that you're listening to The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Distilled sports discussion served in light beer quantities. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, National Signing Day. little perspective we had out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Conversation our good buddy Jeremy Birmingham. The podcast, Dotting the Eyes. Ryan Day said, talking about nine minutes. Make sure Berm has plenty of time to be acclimated for that. Is there any chance that this signing day, as you talk to people in the sport, ever becomes a big one again? Just two guys today, a four-star and a two-star. Um, is there ever any chance that this reverts back to a more normal signing day, or is this how this one's always going to be? I mean, I think there will be a chance for that, Bo. It's just about when they decide to separate or how early they decide to move up the early signing period because clearly having it the last week of December is pretty stupid, um, uh, and, and everyone thinks it's stupid. So uh, eventually, as they start to restructure the sport and, and all of the different schedules, I think it will become relevant again. It is weird. I mean, this used to be Christmas for me, uh, mm-hmm. and now it's a day, I mean, the, the the two star that you're talking about, Mara Evans, is a long snapper who's a, a walk on, so it's not even a situation where you're celebrating adding a new scholarship player. So uh, it's Dominic Kirk from uh, Cleveland, uh, Riverside High School, up in Painesville, and, and that's it today. So um, we're getting ready, as you said, for this press conference at Ohio State, and it's it's the first time we've talked to Ryan Day since the end of the Cotton Bowl. But 90% of the questions today, probably more, will be about everything that's happened in the last month and not recruiting, which is what you know Ohio State. Ohio State would love for these questions to only be about recruiting because they want to celebrate, but uh, everyone's going to ask all the tough questions instead. I, for the kids out there, they can't possibly understand how big this was and how nice it was for all of us in the yeah. content business because it was like a Super Bowl. Um, and, yeah. and it was one of those things where it, was, it gave you all of this dialogue in a time of the year where there, wasn't, there isn't much. Quite honestly, college football dialogue, and so no, it was it was one of my favorite days of the year in the in the old times when it when it used to really matter. Um, you mentioned the first time to talk to Coach Day. I mean, you want to could have an offensive coordinator in flux. You've got beyond that, you've got all of these portal guys. As you talk to people, because you're, you're a roster construction guy, how how are they going to go about making sense of this roster? An absurd. This is an embarrassment of riches. These are first world problems. But from a roster standpoint, especially Berm at quarterback, how do you think that they are going to shake that out in spring? I think you have to go into spring letting everyone know that this is Will Howard's team. Uh, and as contradictory or as counterintuitive as that sounds, considering there's a, you know the belief that Kyle McCord transferred because he wasn't guaranteed the, the, the job, uh, if you're bringing in a guy like Will Howard from Kansas State, he has one job, and that's to get ready to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State. And I, I think you need to almost overload him with information and reps because he needs to get up to speed very quickly, especially when you consider that the offensive coordinator situation is still in flux as they wait to see what happens with Bill O'Brien. Um, and beyond that, I think you just let the guys compete and see who rises to the top. But you go into this fully expecting and fully um, telling people that this is Will Howard's team and everyone needs to rally around him. And then that's not Will to make sure people do rally around him, obviously, if, if he comes out and, and stinks. Um, and, and Devin Brown or Lincoln Keynotes or Aaron Nolan or Julian Sane decides that they're going to take the bull by the horns, then, then sure, you give it to the best player. But the, you, you want to do everything possible to make sure that Will Howard is uh, enabled and and you know, competent enough to run this program because this is a national championship team. 
did absolutely is. You mentioned Julian saying number one quarterback in the country who came in uh, after the Saban flop. Um, what is your understanding of what those conversations were like? Because Aaron Nolan's a five-star quarterback, too, in the same class. He'd been loyal. He'd been a recruiter for you. And I know everyone says, well, we're just going to compete and see what happens. I love the competition. But there had to be a very serious conversation taking place about this guy's absurdly talented, but this really this this is going to change this room dramatically. It's really, Bo, about what do you want the program that you play in to be? To be what? What is the uh, what is the belief in this place? And if the belief is every single player who walks through this door is going to be challenged, and they're going to bring in the best guy every position every time to to win a national championship, then this is the type of thing you have to do. And is it something that they wanted to do? I don't really know that it is. I, I believe that a year ago, it's not a move Ohio State would have made. I think this off season um, is the belief that the time is now. Uh, to to strike uh, and to really to really become the fully formed version of what Ohio State should be uh, on the football field it was the driving force. I think Ryan Day battled himself between his um, desire to be true and fair to to guys like um, Aaron Nolan and his desire to say we are Ohio State and we're going to have the best players at every position all the time and. When you sleep on it, you go, our job is to win games. Our, the job is to win championships. And if a, you bring in a player that has that helps your chance to do that, then you have to do it. And that's ultimately what it came down to. Get you out of here on this one uh, with the Ryan Day presser coming up here in about four minutes. Um, it, it, could you make an argument that the, two, the way 2020-23 ended was the best thing for the 2024 season and potentially beyond? That that's what lit the fire? I mean, I think that some of it is Michigan winning a national championship, especially knowing that they did it in on the, in a way that leaves people feeling a little dirty. Um, I think it probably lit a fire under some people around here. I don't know that it. I, I want to be clear that like anyone that you've t- you've spoken to, to Ryan Day, like you know, he's a super fiery, competitive mm-hmm. guy. Uh, but I think that we on the outside looking in do forget or, or gloss over the fact that this is the first head coaching job he's ever had and he's still learning on the fly. He's heading into year six and I think he's recognizing that maybe some of the softer side of him, and I, I don't I don't know that word is verboten, but uh, what I mean by that is that, that, that side that is empathetic and worrying about people's feelings in the building um, you know, maybe has to go away uh, because that's just not going to cut it long term. But I also think he understands fully that if they don't make something very considerable happen in the 2024 season. Um, and and I, that could be, you know, beating Michigan. That could be playing in the national championship game again or winning a national championship that his job is on the line. And yeah. when, when, when your job is on the line, you are willing to um, make yourself uncomfortable. And I think that's something that was needed around here. I think maybe the last few years were a little too comfortable. Great stuff, buddy. Appreciate you as always. You and I will both always miss the old signing day. It was a, it was a pure joy always. situation, my friend. Good talking to you, buddy. All right, talk to you both. See you. Uh, that's Jeremy Birmingham, recruiting analyst at the podcast and dotting the eyes on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Yeah, it was like came down to the wire. All rosters being put together like the last, there'd be 10 guys flipping, flopping place to place that last day. And in the South, it was chaos. I remember utter chaos. One year, probably my like junior year of high school or something, we had a snow day on National Signing Day. I had a buddy come over and we turned it on and we watched all day long. All day. And they go to the different high schools and guys are flipping and you got the hats out there. Nope, it's not that at all. And I just can't get up for it the same way also in December because December is pretty busy. We got enough going on, man.
We got enough going on. We talk about that calendar all the time. Uh, there's a, there's a pretty straightforward solution to all of this. And what happened today on National Signing Day in, in college football would never have happened in the National Football League. We will get to that coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. Bobby Carpenter doesn't have a mullet, but he's knee deep in mullet energy. Morning juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekdays starting at six. The fan. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's up? What's up, man? What's up with you? All right, here's what's up on a first Friday Miracle edition of the program. Uh, we had Berm on there talking about National Signing Day and lamenting, uh, as I often do this time of year, what it used to be. Uh, you know, I mentioned before the break, the NFL would never allow this because the NFL is in the content business. And this is something with this partnership between the SEC and the Big Ten. They have to start thinking about the content business more than just cashing the checks. you got to start making television shows, man. National Signing Day? in December makes no damn sense from a television show perspective. It gets no attention. It can't be. There's too much going on. So if you want to move one to the end of like the summer visits and do it in Jan- in July, let's say late July, like right before camp starts, that would be a perfect time. Now your television partners can run a national signing day show that lasts all day long. You could do it. This other one. Now you could have two actual signing days. that makes sense as opposed to one that's 45 days or so after the original one that, that, that happens in December where now everybody's signing. So it's just, it's as, as they push further and further towards an NFL model, they need to start thinking about these type of things and their television partners are going to tell them you've got content that people want. Let's show it to them. Let's stop releasing the Big Ten schedule at noon with a press release and yeah. make a TV show out of it and put it in primetime because Big Ten, you have a network. Yes. Put shows on it. Yeah. 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 They would. So that's that's something that, that to me has to get done. Um, we did get the announcement on the spring game that will be set for April 13th at noon. Um, so you get an eight, April 13th at noon on the spring game for that. The, I'm trying to think from a, from a juice standpoint. I think it'll probably most similar to be probably the, the closest one was probably fields because we knew the importance of what Justin represented. Um, and you just, you wanted to see it. You know, you knew that roster was great. It was just a matter of, can he be as great as his recruiting level would lead you to believe him to be? And it was rough for him that yeah. spring, the very first spring he struggled. Um, and then it went nuts when he got into the season, but that that's, it's going to have that type of juice to it. Um, and the other thing that's really cool about this, and this will be even better than the Fields year, is you're going to have all of these quarterbacks to watch. So you're not, you're not just watching Will Howard. You're watching the two guys who were here last year, and then you're watching Julian Sand and Aaron Nolan behind them. And you're going you're gonna to parse through that film like this is a Bruder film. 
watching every single movement that they make, trying to see. You're, I'm, you're going to be curious to just from the standpoint of like, how are they going to utilize them? Does how many reps does Howard get with the ones? Because I'm with Berm. It's his team. Like, let's stop with the notion. And we stopped a month ago on this show. Like, there's no quarterback competition. Stop it. It's his team. So all of the reps go to him. All the one reps go to him. I would think that would be the smart thing. You can't be in a situation you were in last year where you're monkeying around with it through through fall camp or even through spring. But then who's next? How do you satisfy everybody else and and make sure that they get the reps? So that to me, on top of everything else, makes it. So much more interesting than what we've had. Maybe even since, maybe even more so even than Fields. Well, yeah, and the Fields one would have had a little bit of this, and you know, it clearly would have been the wrong choice. But there were still Tate Martell holdouts. Mm. But he left after Justin Fields finally committed, and he went he went down to Miami. So he did, he, he was publicly dumped. He, yes, but he was not around for that spring game. Had he been around, yeah, that would have been something to see how people would have taken that and what was his if his performance looked good. Because that's the weird thing. What if Will Howard goes out there and he gets two two drives, three drives, whatever, with the ones, and it just looks okay, and then somebody else goes out there, whichever one of the quarterbacks take your pick of the other four and they look great throwing things on the screws maybe yeah. one of them gets active and and has a run play something like that and what's that going to do for the management of this quarterback situation because like you said on this show we are they went out and got will howard yeah. to be the starter but if the spring game has any sort of doubt the people who are not ready to jump onto that boat are going to be very loud and they won't have anything to really throw back in their face until no. we get to fall camp or even the season no so just a quick update from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Ryan Day is speaking right now. Yep. Bill O'Brien's at work. He's scanned in his key card. He's doing football tings. Oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so the, the rumor of him cleaning out his office over the weekend because he was ready to take the job at Boston College on Monday turned out to be not true. Message board. Well, oh, they got one wrong. I'm sure. So he, look, this is, this is my hunch. If Bill O'Brien is offered Boston College, he takes it. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a decent chance he's offered it. I think he would take it if he's offered it. I think that's all very clear. I think at that point, the first call is to Chip Kelly. And then the, the next call, or maybe it's already taken place, is can we do this? Do Can we do this? Can we do the buyout? Can we pay Chip Kelly? Can we get a guy who coached a team to the press? Well, did he get one to a national championship game? Mark Helfrich, we played, it was Helfrich for us. Yeah, yeah because they also oh, Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he it's the Cam Newton. So yeah. Coached a program to national championship and is responsible for one of the most electric offenses anyone's ever seen in the history of college football. Would he be willing to come work with his buddy? I mean, it, you. All of these are wins. That if if that can happen, then the contingency plan is very very good. Um, the reporting on Thamel on that was that there would be an update on O'Brien on that job by the weekend. Was kind of the thought mm-hmm. that they would do the two interviews and then kind of go from there. So. This could move very quickly, but you're saying, do you, do you, did Coach Day say Bill's here? Is that what yeah. he said? He okay. said he's here today, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> he does not. So, I, God bless Jerry, like making him talk today for signing one kid. Hey, they're signing one kid, and he's up there talking, and like, so the full beat is there. One kid signed. Like, this today does not need a presser. But Jerry's doing it because he's a good human. And he and hasn't had a presser since doing all of this first time since happened. the Cotton Bowl that he has spoken with Ohio State's media beat. Yeah, he did the one interview in ESPN Cleveland. That's it. Everything else off. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, 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 about, all of a sudden, 
10 minutes in, and there's been nothing on National Signing Day. Well, no kidding. Somebody has to do the funniest thing and ask him about the long snapper. The preferred walk-on. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually sent in his letter of intent yet. You got Dominic Kirks, the four-star defensive end from Paynesville. Well, he yeah. doesn't have... his in. He's a preferred walk-on, so I don't so, know if they have letters have of intent. To. No letter of intent. You just yeah. go to school. That's it. Just go and show up. But yeah, so he's getting... I mean, this is, this is a fascinating presser and one that they don't need to do unless they... They're just doing the right thing. But like 99.9% of the questions are going to have nothing to do with one kid. Here's a Ryan Day show at noon today, so you'll be able to hear him right here on the station as well. Again, there you go. Yeah. So um, so you've got the coordinator stuff floating around. We we got the spring game. The, the roster construction is going to be fascinating. How they handle the quarterbacks is going to be interesting. We also had some coaching news yesterday. Uh, Corey Dennis, who had served as the quarterback coach here for the last couple of years, he moves on to Utah for an offensive analyst job there. Um, this is significant because, of course, who Corey Dennis is married to, mm-hmm. Urban's daughter. And look, life is a... People are critical of these type of things, but like, I don't care what business you're in, who you know is important as what you know. And in this instance, his father-in-law was an architect of some of the most, some of the most explosive, best accomplished teams in the history of this program. And his father-in-law is one of the two best coaches. He's the second best college football coach in my view of the last 30 years. And, and, and so you are going to get a certain place with that. And then what you do in that place is up to you. Um, and they obviously felt Ohio state felt like they weren't getting enough out of the quarterback coaching. They weren't getting enough out of that position. And Ryan day moved off of it and went for an upgrade. And he upgraded in the form of a former guy who coached in the big 10 coached in the NFL. And, and that's the way that that was going to go. Um, so I think that's big for Ryan day to say, like, I, I know all of this, but we've got to do better at this position. And so this is fully him completely in charge of, of all of the program. And I don't think it's coincidence that the landing spot is Utah, where Urban was previously. Um, and also, it's an offensive analyst job. He's not coaching a position group. He's not doing that. It's an analyst job out there. Um, good for Corey for, yeah. for laying on his feet. Salt Lake City is beautiful this time of year. You're going to love Park City. Talking about the coaching staff, and I want to go back to the possibility of Chip Kelly if Bill O'Brien mm-hmm. leaves, because I think it shows that like if they go out there and they do something like that, remember, he is a sitting head coach, and he's not just a sitting head coach at another college football program. He's not just a sitting head coach at another Power 5 program. He's a sitting head coach at a Big Ten program now. Well, technically, starting in July. But for Ohio State to go out there and say, you know what? We're going to go take a head coach of one of these new teams and make them our offensive coordinator. That continues that mentality that they have totally switched how they are approaching it. Berm alluded to that, that I don't think a year ago they would have made some of these decisions and moves that they made. They're making those now. They are ready to go hunting this season. There's a ruthlessness to Mm -hmm. it is what there is. Um, I mean, I like the Bill O'Brien hire a lot. The Chip Kelly one is... You want to talk about a marriage of everything that you want offensively. Chip was never a guy who loved to recruit. (laughs) So I can't imagine how much he loved to recruit in this world that he's in now um, with NIL and portal and all of these other things. So like, and it seems so crazy that someone would stop being the head coach at UCLA and living in Southern California and having all of the trappings that come with that to come here and to be a coordinator. Luckily, his co-OC is a great recruiter if he does take a job yes. at Ohio State, so he might be able to even take a step back there and be a little bit more like the you know the head coach and be just a finisher. You know, that could be a longer-term view, too, because if Chip doesn't want to, maybe he's trying to use this to get back to the NFL. Who knows? But if it is him, like, 
he doesn't obviously he doesn't want to coach in college football anymore. He's already doing that. He yeah. doesn't want to be the head coach, so he wants to call ball plays. And it's going to yeah. be fascinating. I, again, I can't believe they're talking. Go ahead, Reese. Just real quick regarding the one vacancy on Ohio State staff, Ryan Day says they're about a week away from filling that. Could be two, oh, what happens God with sakes. Bill O'Brien, but about a week out from that vacancy that is that exists right now on the coaching staff. He's just down the hall. Did anybody follow up and say, who are they gonna? Who are you going to do that in a week? <laughs> just walk down the hall and talk to threes and say, you good? Let's go. What's the number? Let's make this happen. It's enough. Good on him, though for making them available because this is there's there's nothing to do with signing day on this um this one kind of came there's a lot going on in the last 24 hours this one kind of came out of the blue for me could we finally be getting what we've always wanted or many of you have always wanted at the shoe we will get into that coming up next bishop and friends right here on the fan we aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can you're home of the buckeyes blue jackets crew and browns the fan ohio sports destiny Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Our top men are working on everything except this show. This is Bishop and Friends. And gear up for the Tipico Sportsbook. Get in on the betting action with the playoff football, the hoops, and so much more. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try out that new Flex Parlay. Cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply on that. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for more so in the midst of all of the rest of this <laughs> that is going on from the basketball game last night and uh coach day having his press conference today and coordinators flipping around and Corey dennis heading to salt lake city and everything else this dropped so i saw this a, a dispatch tweeted this out last night a buddy of mine shared it with me um this is from the hockey news multiple sources have reached out to the hockey news in columbus and told us that the blue jackets will be hosting a 2025 nhl stadium series game at ohio stadium the team they would play is rumored to be the detroit red wings um also is there a sun times report as well yeah because the blackhawks are hosting the winter classic right Yes. That's what was reported yesterday. Yeah, so the Sun-Times had the Winter Classic. Oh, yeah, because we said, great, they've never had it They'll at Wrigley. Never do it. Yeah. They've never had it there, <laughs> so that's perfect. Know, a There's deserving franchise. Right, right, yeah. Um, so this is the other part of this. The game would be held on around March 1st, is is what this reporting says. Uh, March 1st is on a... I haven't seen anything from Porty on this. 
He mentioned it to somebody yesterday that it sounds like it's going to happen at some point, but that there's nothing definitive yet. So I don't think that 2025 date is like for sure. I'll pull up that that tweet. He okay. responded to somebody yesterday. Uh, they they also reached out to uh, our great friend Jerry Emig, uh, who looked spectacular last night. He said, quote, there's no news that we can confirm a report at this time regarding an outdoor hockey game. They also reached out to the Blue Jackets. There's nothing to report at this time from them as well. So they tried to confirm it, but didn't. Yeah, so Portsline responding to somebody said, hey, Aaron, any truth to the rumors of a stadium series outdoor game? in 2025 and he quote tweeted this was 13 hours ago he said we've known for months that there is a there is three-pronged interest the nhl the blue jackets and ohio state in hosting a game and that it will be a stadium series not a winter classic but told nothing is settled and no announcement is imminent so i guess that's why people are circling that because you know the stadium classics are just the ones that can pepper throughout the year and the winter classic is the one they actually play in december and they make a point to play that every year but there can be a winter classic and then stadium series stuff i'm based on that February 1st may not have been cold enough. I'm a little worried if March 1st is the target date for a Central Ohio outdoor hockey game and if well, the ice a- is actually going to work. You answer, You asked your question and you also have the answer. And that is, I don't know that the shoe can handle that cold. Now, yet it's 50 today. So, yeah. like, you know, well, like, that's what I mean. Can it, can it handle the, can the shoe handle I think the cold, you can, but can the ice handle this kind of weather if that's what great, happens on March 1st? So, the I remember the one they did in Tahoe which was stunning. Yeah. Um, and that was very sunny and that turned into like slush. So I don't know what you can do to make sure it's cold enough. My fear would be Ohio stadium March. I would be fearful that it would rain and then you're cooked. Then you got soup. So to me, it's gotta be in January is your only chance. But then the rub is always going to be, we've always been told that the shoes not winterized to handle it. That's always what we've been told, that it can't handle it. That's, that's the issue. I mean, we remember this a year ago when Gene was talking about, you know, a college football playoff game, and we might want to play that in Indy. And part of the reason for that is, can the shoe handle intense cold? So then there's college football playoff expansion that factors into this. Is Ohio State hosting a home game in the first round. That's sure. December pretty much eaten up because you're not going to have time to put everything in place. I mean, we have birthday boy Jody Shelley on all the time talking about how much it takes to get a small ice rink outdoors in his place. <laughs> Put Jody in charge of it. Yeah, there Why we go. not? Jody can bring his tarp on over. Bring the tarp the, over the, the shoe. shoe. Just have him lay it out two with in his the morning. He's found it therapeutic. <laughs> Reese, I know you would like this. Any chance that this coincides with Ohio State making an announcement that they're putting a dome over the horseshoe? And it's going it's to be indoor, and it's fine. I don't know. I'm, can you put a dome over a historic landmark? I don't know what the rules are. I feel domes. like you could. I think you can. You can. Yeah. Will they? I feel like they can build a building in about a month and a half over there. So I think if they needed to put a roof on it, they could you quickly. Think? Yeah. Here's the real truth on it. And I know we do that yesterday. The The better place to do it. I understand the vistas wouldn't be that way. would actually be lower.com. That would be the better place in terms of every sight line being great and the intimacy of it. That would be, they're not, they won't do it there because they want the spectacle of the shoe, but like, that's a big building. I mean, like when they did it at the big house, it's not great. No, and the, you don't realize how small a hockey rink is because it looks big when you're in the arena, yeah. but when you put it on a football field and that, that you would have that same problem, but there wouldn't be people up there in C-Deck at Lower.com Field. There aren't seats that are that far away. And I wonder if Lower.com Field also like weather-wise, because it's got like the, you know, the, <clears throat> the crowd stuff. is covered. So yeah. I wonder if that keeps cold air in, if they're trying to do that a little bit better, or keeps less sunlight from getting onto a, a, an ice rink, if that's what you're doing. Well, that's the thing with Lower.com Field is that the season ends, at least it ended for for the crew in December, and they start back up here in like, like a, a little over a month. 
Yeah. So the old winter classics used to be on New Year's Day. Yeah. Is when they would do them. I don't know where they pepper them in now. I've kind of lost interest. It was a fun novelty in the beginning. It's always around the holidays, yeah. though. It's usually that time of year. To me, it would have to be, if you're going to do it this year, it would have to be January to avoid rain. Like if you do it in March, there's a 66% chance it's raining. March 1st has almost no chance in my mind to be the correct weather for an outdoor hockey game in Columbus, Ohio. I see no scenario how that would that feels like it would be a mess. Don't get this confused with me not wanting it. I would love this. This would be great. Yeah, and I think the Red Wings are the appropriate opponent. Everyone has always said that. I just think you got to make sure it's cold enough that that you have proper ice. Like when they did it at the Big House, it was a winter classic, wasn't it? Yeah, because they used to do that show on HBO, like the Road to the Winter Classic. It was like the Red Wings and whoever... Go ahead, Reece. Just real quick, because again, Ryan Day speaking on this traditional national signing day. Uh, the 10th assistant could either be a 5th defensive assistant coach or a special teams coordinator. He adds that he's comfortable going in either direction. Right, here's what we're going to do coming up next. <laughs> we'll do a little higher lower on the half-team shows. We are also going to do, Reese tells us what is most important that Ryan Day is telling the beat. Okay, so get me a list of the most important I can do that. anecdotes that are happening I mean, I feel at the like show. In the past half hour, we've shared them. Shared them, but we but look. People jump in at any point. Very true. So, and then we will do. We used to do translating Tress, Rothman and I did. Mm-hmm. So, and then we then we did Urban Intelligence. How about Clear as Day. Clear as Day. <laughs> I like it. We'll do that coming up next. Also, hit you with a little higher or lower. Second hour coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. If your idea of the perfect radio show is all Buckeyes all the time, then it's your lucky day, Slappy, the Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue, but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Producers. Co-hosts. Friends. Some of those things are true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, second hour here. Ryan Day addressing the media. We were talking in the break. I think that the I gave them a lot of credit for being magnanimous and doing this today and doing this availability. But I, I'm guessing it has to do with the fact that the Ryan Day show is on here at noon. Yes, I, I'm assuming that the, they've always had this signing day. And who knows? It might even actually. I mean, the day show stuff is definitely in the contract. Yeah. Like, and so there's probably just certain things and they just have not gotten around. That's how weird and quick this whole calendar change has happened. Yes. Because it completely flipped. And now we're four or five years down the line of this early signing day. And we still treat this signing day as the real one officially when it's clearly not can you imagine like going to ryan day and saying like the, the good folks at uh at img and going being like hey look at here's what we need we need you to do an hour show on december 22nd 
Okay. Especially, oh, that's the day before your yeah. your, your uh, yeah. playoff game now. Sure. Too? Yeah. Okay. So uh, th- that's that's why this is happening. Reese has been updating us with uh, the myriad questions here in the first hour. Uh, Reese, let's do a little clear as day, if you will. Um, let's get to some of the real truth on this. What do you have, my friend? Ryan Day says he expects fierce competition at quarterback this spring. Okay adding that all quarterbacks are embracing the competition, including Devin Brown, who's healthy and ready for spring workouts. Okay, that that can be something you say out loud, but that cannot be the way you approach it. No, that, that can't. Now, unfortunately, because Bill O'Brien is in the limbo, and do you have a Bill O'Brien one for us, an update on that? Well, there's an update. He is in the building, the Woody Hayes Athletic Center today, working, according okay. to Ryan Day. So there is no update on anything else outside of they've got him in the building he's doing work for ohio state he is currently ohio state's offensive coordinator ryan day had a said he had a short list and bill was at the top of it when searching for somebody to run the offense this year okay so if bill takes the boston college job and i said this in the first hour just to reiterate those just joining if he's offered i think he's going to take it if if that's the case then my hunch is that you hope and I, I'm sure that they have. I mean, they, they have contingencies that there has been a, hey, we would really like Chip Kelly, as you recall, or maybe you do not. Um, Chip Kelly found out UCLA was going to the Big Ten while playing golf with Ryan Day in Ryan Day's golf outing in New Hampshire. So there's a very close relationship there. Um, and he has made it known that he does not want to be a head coach of major college football anymore. He interviewed for several NFL jobs. So this would be an opportunity to come here and work with his buddy. It's crazy to wrap your head around the idea of like a guy who's a head coach in your conference at a traditional, not power, but certainly a traditionally uh, significant program. And that guy coming here to be a call ball plays is nuts. It's an incredible thing if that's the way that it works, just as it was with Bill O'Brien. They went big game hunting from a coordinator position. But circling back to the quarterback conversation, fierce competition? Fierce. <laughs> that can't be it. And I, They got to know that. And I don't know how that could even be fruitful because there's five guys who are real dudes, scholarship players. Like, yeah, what, like, what do you do with that competition? And what happens if the younger guys are better and then do they move up in that pecking order? And then are they challenged? Or all of a sudden a freshman might be challenging for, like, are we wasting time with a freshman competing with the ones to see, oh, maybe he's the guy? And not to say that that hasn't worked out at places, but Will Howard was brought here to be the starter. And then at that point, too, I think there's also the idea of this. You would want to keep this momentum of transfer portal stuff going and like have yeah. a year, have another year like this. Bring in a bunch of the, the top guys. If you burn somebody like Will Howard, I I assume these are pretty small circles and things like that go around. All these guys know each other from recruiting camps mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I just don't think that's the business you want to get in of getting a guy to come here as, you know, his last year in college football when he could have just gone to the NFL draft and then he sits because the competition went this way. It doesn't, it just doesn't add up. He would have to. Will Howard would have to fall so flat on his face that they were left with no other option. And what I mean by that is go to Oregon because there's nothing that's going to happen in the first month. The three of us could go out there and and light it up the first month based on who they play. But he would have to fall so flat on his face in Eugene, like four picks, debacle, mm-hmm. in order for there to be anything. You brought him here. It was a bidding war to get him. You won it. You got him. He's the starter. It's his team. You've got to you've got to queen him right now. Like that's the guy. That's him. Make him the king. Operation. Let's go. It's that's got to happen immediately. 
uh, for for this thing to to move forward. So that that would be the way that that needs to go. What else do you have? So sir? Bill O'Brien, current Ohio State offensive coordinator. So there's one vacancy on this coaching staff. Ryan Day said they've had conversations with people to fill that vacancy. Uh, something more could happen in the next week in that respect. Uh, new safeties coach Matt Gurrieri, uh, he says that Gurrieri really knows the defense and that adds Gurrieri, along with being the safeties coach, will have special teams responsibilities. Again, because they're looking for a special teams coordinator. No, they're not, then, is what that tells me. So and now most not. teams do it that way in college yes. football nowadays. They don't have a specific special teams coordinator. It's somebody else's responsibility as well as whatever position. And that's the route I would want them to go because it didn't appear to be paying dividends to have a special teams coordinator the last few years. In fact, it was detrimental to the point where it was what most people were talking about after a lot of Buckeye football games. They finally made that move. Don't go replace it one-to-one just so you can send out one of your five-star wide receivers to go do fair catches all day. No. So you, that that's Matt Gurrieri? I say that correctly? Sure. All right. So on January 5th, Quinshawn Judkins entered the transfer portal. Uh, Ryan Day said they went to Travion Henderson and asked him about acquiring Judkins. Day said Henderson told him if he thinks that that helps the team, then he was all for the addition. Um, and then Judkins said that he wanted to play with Travion Henderson um, when they had discussions with him about coming to Columbus from Ole Miss. That's one of those things where we'll find out. You're going to find out in when you get to by the time you get to next season because guess what there's only going to be one of them on the field in the fourth quarter theory can only take you so far (laughs) it's correct yeah like it all sounds great but that line is from oppenheimer by the way eventually you have to drop the bomb is kind of the idea there like somebody's gonna get the line line. yeah theory can only take because he was a theoretical physicist it's an incredible reveal on that like (laughs) i have not seen that movie you drop that quote, and I think, okay, that's some movie I haven't seen, but it sounds great. But then you, oh, it's from Oppenheimer. Yeah, consequences. Yes. We're significant on that one. Um, less significant. Just one, one more, go ahead. real yeah. quick. Uh, on the offensive line, quote, we have enough right now with the guys in the building to go win a national championship. I agree. I agree. You're fine. You're more than fine. You got the starting center from Alabama with a group that's bringing some nice guys back. And yeah, there were some issues, but some of that's on quarterback too, right? So... Someone's on scheme. That'll be that's going to be changed a little bit. You're going to have an embarrassment of riches from a weapon standpoint. So yeah, I, to me that all all of those boxes checked. Um, I do think that the tenth assistant it could be something, and we talked about this earlier. It could be a little bit in flux right now, just because you're waiting on. You do have to wait on now Bill's decision. Mm-hmm. So that's the top priority. Is okay. Let's and uh, this isn't of any fault of bills. It's just how absurd the process is now that a head coach in a, in a power five decided to go be a defensive coordinator for the green Bay Packers that late in the process. And now here we sit on February 7th and you could be replacing an offensive coordinator. Like nobody saw that coming. And honestly, like of the jobs that bill O'Brien would be interested in, it was the, the list is minuscule in college. And this is one of them. Yeah, and then back, connections. back to that chain reaction thing. If it is Bill O'Brien goes to BC and if Ohio State can work it out and get Chip Kelly to come, that opens up at UCLA. I would imagine UCLA would probably want a sitting head coach to come up to them and then boom, 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 boom. The transfer portal, kids, it never actually closes. No, it can't. No, it, it absolutely can't. Um, all right, you want to do a little higher or lower here, Reese? Bishop and Friends present Higher or Lower. In honor of Usher... Doing the Super Bowl halftime show for Super Bowl 58, 
Sunday in Las Vegas, the Rolling right. Stone ranked every single Super Bowl halftime show. The Rolling Stone? The Rolling Stone. <laughs> the magazine. Rolling Stone. I didn't want people to get confused with <laughs> the, the band, Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. Who are yeah. on this list? Wait, wait, the, on this. Isn't the magazine? The magazine's just Rolling Stone. Rolling right. Stone. Yes. The that was Rolling nice. Stone. The, no, the band here. is the Rolling Stone. The band is the Rolling Stones. Stones. Yes, Stones. Yeah, the Rolling the Stones. Magazine, does the magazine have a the? No, it's just no, Rolling just Stone. Okay. <laughs> it's we're in Columbus. Everything puts a Why the. Why not? Put a the in front What am I going to do? Get sued? So 34 Super Bowl halftime shows that have names to it or Holy i guess they have hell. artists because there are uh from 1967 to 89 just bands that play go ahead I a, do either of you know who tanya tucker is no no that is not a name that rings any sort of bell teddy pendergrass was a uh question Holy mark smokes. for me as well 95 my grandpa bishop god rest his soul boy did he like himself a tanya tucker also, so in 1994, it was Tanya Tucker, Clint Black, Travis Tritt, and the Judds. Holy smokes. <laughs> How many Judds? Well, there are two of them. Yeah. All right, we'll start at number one. Again, this is Rolling Stone's uh, list of Super Bowl halftime shows. We're ranking them, so get mad at them instead of us. At number one in 2007, Super Bowl 41, Prince. Can't go any higher, but higher or lower for Prince there. This is the appropriate one. He played Purple Rain in the rain. This is the Colts-Bears Super Bowl. He basically said, you want to know how to do a Super Bowl halftime show? Watch this. This thing was a tour de force from Jump Street. Yeah, this is the right number one. Yeah, actually, it's funny. Um, New Chops TV drops in about an hour, and J-Lo and I were talking about Usher in the halftime show, and we talked about ones from previous years, and Prince was the one that we also said was like the exception to the rule, which is why I'm going to have some problems with this list, because I get it. You're Rolling Stone. Like, you, you love rock music. Bands, even though that's my favorite type of music, is the worst type of halftime show because it just ends up watching people on a stage perform. Prince, though, happens to be yep. the exception to that rule because everything worked out perfectly. And Prince, as a musician, is basically perfect. So let's roll through a couple here. At number two and Super Bowl 36, U2. Number three, Beyonce's performance from Super Bowl 47. Number four... Their performance in Super Bowl 56, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, and Kendrick Lamar. Higher or lower for any of those three acts? There's um, the, the two and three I was at. So I, uh, by the way, it's a much better show for you guys on TV than it is when you're at it. Yeah. Because it's not built for the people in the building. Like you honestly, Beyonce was in New Orleans. I could not even hear it. Like to me, it felt like an abject failure. In the building. It felt like a total failure. Conversely, U2 was in New Orleans. I was there. That felt like the greatest rock concert of all time. They played this Where the Streets Have No Name with the giant scroll of everyone who died on 9-11. That was as emotional a thing as I've ever seen in my life. So, I mean, they had a beautiful day, all of it. Like, u is the appropriate number two. Snoop Dogg, Dre, M, 50, all them, they got to go up to three on my list ahead of Beyonce. But I, the Beyonce one might have been great on TV. I don't know how I would rank them. I, I It's just... I have a slight problem with the Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and that whole one. And it's not that it, it's not that I don't like the music. I think the problem is people like the music too much. And that they have put the performance too high in their minds. Because they like these people. They know these artists. They know these songs. 
They, I I was not wowed by the the white bricks that they were standing on and they and went they around, around to it yeah. and like it, it, it did not have the spectacle. That's what I think the Super Bowl halftime should be. It should be a spectacle, which is I don't know. You know, we're running out of time, so I don't know if we're going to get this far. But Katy Perry and Missy Elliott in 2015. Katy Perry came in on a 50 foot tall animatronic lion that was walking on the field. That kind of stuff stands out in your head, and I would rank that one a lot higher because I think it is about the spectacle. As Bo said, it's created for the people on television. Yeah. Watching people just perform their music is something I can see any time, but somebody inventing something like that, Lady Gaga jumping in from the roof. Lady Gaga is, was incredible. That is She's rare too low stuff on this. to view. Yeah. She's way too low on this. Rihanna too high. Well, Rihanna was held she back because she was pregnant. So yeah, like, it so would have been better, but it, she was pregnant. I did want to ask, just going lower on this list. So at 33, they've got New Kids on the Block from 1991. <laughs> at 34, really? they've got everything from 1967 to 1989. And the lowest ranked Super Bowl halftime show of all time, according to the Rolling Stone, the Black Eyed Peas from 2011. Clearly, they have some sort of axe to grind. Here. They must not like the Black Eyed Peas. Yes. What's wrong with Freddie? I don't remember a single damn thing from that performance. The Black Eyed Peas in 11. Well, it gets confusing because didn't did they show up? So it's confusing when people show up multiple times. Like Bruno Mars was in 2014, but he also showed up during Coldplay's in 2016. And so things like that get mixed up. And I feel like had the Black Eyed Peas shown up somewhere else, but I can't find Maybe them. Will I Am or Fergie? Maybe one of them into a performance somewhere. Now it's interesting. I don't know why they stopped at 1989 because 1990 appears to be some sort of other marching band. I mean, do you guys know any of these names? Pete Fountain, Irma Thomas, Doug Kershaw, nothing, and Snoopy. Which I don't know if that's a musician or if like right, straight up look, the Peanuts character was there. There's a little more meat on this bone. And uh, there's a couple other things that we take umbrage with. Who's it? It's Usher this year? Yes. All right. We're going to get into to some of the other hits and misses on this thing, including my realization that it's a stunning realization. We'll get to it coming up next. Bishop and Fred's right here on The Fan. We're the girthiest radio station in the history of radio. Uncomfortably girthy. This promo is uncomfortable. The Fan, Ohio's girth destination. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The uncle you never knew you had. The friends you kind of wish you didn't. This is Bishop and Friends. And Garrett with the Tipico Sportsbook. Get in on the betting action with the playoff football, the hockey, the hoops, the golf, so much more. Take advantage of the massive odds boost on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try the new Flex Parlay and cash in on your bets even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For more, um, I've said I so said I was at uh, five of these. Um, I have no recollection. Like, think about imagine telling yourself this, and I I know I was there. <laughs> uh huh. I, I for sure. Like Paul McCartney's a relatively famous human. He's people know the name for sure. I have no recollection of his show. 
and you in Jacksonville. <laughs> I was there. I don't remember it in any way, shape, or form. I remember Madonna. I remember, if memory serves, McCartney came after Janet Jackson and Timberlake. Yes, and so they went like they went now. like really like we know Paul will just play you know Hey Jude or whatever like let's just do that. I feel like also with the that one's at twenty four the two thousand four one Jan Jackson obviously there's the, the the controversy around it but that one actually is a pretty good show and like you look at the had, list of the people who are in it that one had to be a banger because you got Janet Jackson Timberlake Diddy. Kid Rock, Jessica Simpson, and Nelly. Nelly in 2004? Oh, it's getting hot ride, here. ride with me, baby. Let's go. Boys to Men played a Super Bowl halftime? Talk about a bummer, man. Yeah, that's going to be real. Sl- How are people supposed to then be like, let's get ready for the second half after some Boys to Men? <laughs> Hit you with a little I'll make love to you and then go play the second half of the Super Bowl? Good grief. The Who in 2010, that had to be better than 26, right? Or they just, maybe just know the songs. That's the hard thing about this. It's the, the hard thing about the bands. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers really ruined the band thing because they played that prank where their like, instruments weren't plugged in. Yeah. And so they were like running all across the stage to like illustrate that. And so it's like, okay, so when you do a band, they're not even really performing. So what's the right. point of doing bands? I tell you one that would be much higher uh, for NBC. Okay. I'll never forget this. Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Yeah. Nine-year-old NBC <laughs> in 2020 became a man watching I, that. I promise you. I remember my wife, go, like we're sitting there as a family watching. And she's like, are we sure this is appropriate? And NBC just staring. <laughs> just staring it's at the, it. It's the Super Bowl halftime show. It's the Super Bowl halftime show, Mom. What do you want? I asked uh, my J-Lo, because um, she loved that one. She really loves Jennifer Lopez, really likes Shakira as well. And she would like watch that one like once a day for like a month yeah. after it. And I asked her yesterday, I was like, okay, so when was the last time you watched the Shakira J-Lo halftime performance? She said, it's definitely within the last month. And I'll definitely watch it again this week. So, I'm, all right. <laughs> so that was her number one? That would be, uh, I think we both agreed Prince was possibly, I can't remember, Hey, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Everybody. All right, so you guys will do it. What do you what got, What was Reese? the thinking behind the Blues Brothers with Jim Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, and John Goodman? I'm not Just, old enough to remember that, sadly, Reese. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that old. Well, and then when did the Blues Brothers... So what two thousand like Blues Brothers 2000, that film... What, what year again, did that John hit? John had long passed. This was 97. No recollection. One that's... I guess ZZ Top came out to rescue the, perform, uh, to rescue the whole thing. What, uh, like, so it was like a gimmick? James Brown was part of it. Oh, come okay, on. so that's yeah, fantastic. It appears to be Do James Brown. It appears to be a tie-in with the fact that this movie was going to come out because Blues Brother 2000 came out in 1998. So they were like, "Hey, we'll just promote it." That's another thing. Are these the years of the season or the year of, year the, Super of Bowl? the Super Bowl? Okay. The year of the Super Bowl because so the was, one season is the O two U two. Yeah. So then it was a whole year away from this movie coming out, but I guess just a tie-in synergy. That's the only thing I could think of. I don't. What would be the equivalent of that now? Tell, Infant Sorrow came out to to show off uh, Aldous Snow and his new band, like that. <laughs> the um, the weekend sucked. They have that at nineteen. That one was brutal. I didn't like that one one bit. Um, the another one that was that's on here. Michael Jackson should be higher than fourteen. That set it off. He's the whole reason that this that's list exists. <laughs> yeah. Because if you look at the other ones, because they, they just put them in a group, 67 to 89, and then a few other ones in the early 90s are still like kind of random things. 92, the year before Michael Jackson, is Gloria Stefan. That's great. But and Olympic figure skaters? Okay. What is that? So probably whichever t- broadcast partner had the Olympics had the, or, Super had, Bowl. had the Super Bowl would be my guess. They're saying, hey, you're going to watch these guys next month in the Winter Olympics. 
That's is ninety two a Winter Olympics? Sure. I thought ninety two was Dream Team. That's ninety two was the no. Summer Olympics. In the, well, no, fellas, I'm pretty sure that in those because in eighty eight they were in Calgary. They switched to every other. They did ninety two and then ninety four. They went ran it right back. I'm pretty sure Nagano in ninety four. So they switched it to every other every two years. When I was a kid, so they winter were both every be, okay wow. same. So like eighty eight, I'm I know it was Calgary. I'm not sure who ninety two was. Albertville, France. I had it. I was it was coming. That's crazy. So, so like they did it. So then they said, then somebody goes, well, wait a second. Like, this is good content. What if we can, it's kind of like an election, right? Yeah, spread them out. You know, like in Ohio, how we have gubernatorial and presidential every two years years Mm -hmm. because there's big money in that. So they thought the same thing with the Olympics. Hey, let's, let's do this every two years. And that way we can sell it every two years. So it went in, in those days though. It was 92, and then in 94, they went Nagano, that is, and then they switched it. That is such a perfect history lesson from Uncle Bo, because, of course, you knew it, because I was born in 93. So the Olympics <laughs> has always been, every two years, there is one of the Olympics. Correct. My entire life. That's yeah. crazy. There you go. But that's the way that it used to be. So you tie it in, and, and away you go. Who on this list has not done a Super Bowl, or not, who not on this list could would do this and kill it? There's The obvious is Taylor, right? Like, she... But she's almost too big for it now. Yeah, I mean, she obviously knows how to put on a stadium <laughs> concert yeah. like that. And Beyonce had one of those this year too, but she's obviously already been on the list. I don't know who's like like you know Post you think of like Malone. People, I could I probably kinda, do it. Yeah, I kind of like Post Malone. I could, could see that. Or he would at least be a good one to be like a secondary person who comes out and does a little bit of his stuff. Because you know you think like Billie Eilish is like super popular right now, but her music does not work for a halftime show like think. this. No, no. Kanye West would have been one. Well, that but, would yeah. You know, so. even maybe ten years ago, that still would have worked. Fifteen yeah. years ago would have been awesome. I wonder if um I wonder if there is a. I could be out of the depth here. Very possible. But like, is there a an outlaw country one with like, because those guys are all really popular. Oh, like Zach Bryan and Jelly Roll. This guy that everybody Chris loves Stapleton. too. Not the outlaw though. Who's oh, you can the, do Luke Bryan. Who's the... Zach Bryan and, and Stapleton and um, uh, Luke Combs. Morgan Wallen. Luke Combs. Morgan Wallen. That's who I was thinking like, of. He's probably like, the most popular Are there popular like five right of now? those guys who could come together and like play their hits? Yeah. The ones and, you mentioned could probably just come out and... Yeah, and yeah. Stapleton could cover anything. And country's so probably as it. popular as it's ever been yeah. right now, at least for, you know from like a monoculture type idea. Yeah, that that does seem like the. Uh, and so we got Usher. That's yeah. what we got. He'll put. It'll be a good show. Bruno Mars put on a very good show when he headlined it. The thing is, he'll be doing the halftime show. But if Taylor Swift does make it, she'll be the bigger like music yeah. story of the of the game. Yeah, there's no doubt. Speak. This is a good, good list. Good job out of you. Um, all right, coming up next, we'll we'll talk. To, we'll hear from some of the participants in the actual game, the quarterback matchup, some of the other things involving in this one as we start to look ahead uh, to the Super Bowl. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. The Chris Holdman Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is Chris Oldman Daily Show, brought to you by Incova Insurance. Indiana defeats Ohio State tonight, 76-73. Chris, what are kind of your thoughts of what uh, kind of swung this game in the direction that ended up being in tonight? Yeah, we, we had trouble We had trouble with 32 off of handoffs and ball screens in the second half. He created a lot of action for him. Coach, when you look at, uh, you talked about Trey Galloway in terms of the difference in the second half, 7 for 10, 3 for 3. What were some of the things that helped you get the lead to where you're up by 18 in the second half? Uh, you know, I thought we were aggressive. We were aggressive on both ends. I thought we were, you know, we were um, doing some good things on both ends. And then I thought we just, you know, we got too tentative in the last uh, 
uh, on defense and on offense in the last 10 minutes. All right, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Look around. Listen. There are a lot of tough questions. Questions about people and technology. About how we interact with our world and with each other. At Ohio State, we champion people and their potential. Because here, anything, everything is possible. 76-73, Indiana defeats Ohio State. Coach, one of the things you want to do is try to rely on some of your upperclassmen. I liked it set. A couple things that was done. The defense, you kind of confused Indiana a little bit going to zone defense and that one possession got to stop. And then Jamison Battle comes down and get, get a score. And then it looks like I think you came back to him. What happened on that possession where he lost the ball? I'd have just, to look at it. Yeah, Ron, I think they just jumped it and he, he just bobbled it or he got his, might have got his feet uh, tangled a little bit. But I, I think they might have just I think he just bobbled the ball. I'd have to look at it, but I think he just bobbled the ball. It certainly seemed as though this was a game, Chris, for a while. Your main scores, Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton, and uh, Jamison Battle, seemed to have some good things going. Did you like kind of how the approach and the looks of the head? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did until you know until the end. I thought uh, the last five minutes. I thought we, you know, we were we just needed to be more aggressive, really, in the last ten minutes. Okay, this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The best hair on the air. You are listening to Bishop and Friends. I uh, got this one from Matt on Twitter, Metallica. 
When was Metallica? Then? No, he said they, that's the one. Oh, Metallica could do it. Yeah, they could that would be. That would be fun. They could play. They could play the hits. I think that they are probably lively enough, and there'd be enough pyrotechnics that, like, from the band standpoint, it would work. Is there yeah. anybody else from that? That they're not hair band, but like that era that's still like operational. Def Leppard, bro. Your boys, bring in Def Leppard. Let's get Let's... rocked, everybody. Pour some sugar on me. What's uh, they could do that? They could do like a hair band, like Def Leppard, Poison, Motley Crue, and then they could guns. bring out Wolfgang to play Eruption by his late father Eddie. Can you believe that? That kid's name that. is Wolfgang Van Halen. His yeah. mom is Valerie Bertinelli, and his dad is Eddie Van Halen. Pretty good. That's pretty. I'm sure he has not had the most normal life. No, 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 not not at all. Um, the and the uh, have the Foo Fighters done it? No, they could do it. That'd they could do it. They could play the. They would have but it. But see, now, I feel Taylor's like- gone. But then that you got you seen that the video goes around of his kid playing drums. Yeah. Good lord. I feel like though I'm falling into the the trap of I like these bands, but is it actually a good here's, spectacle to see on TV? Here's what you're describing. What you're describing is nostalgia. Yes, and it's it's potent. It's very potent, and that's why what you get out of you, you talked about the the uh, the death row one. Yes, there was a nostalgia for it. Yes, everybody loves those songs, but we also hadn't seen all of those people in one place. Yeah, in forever. So it was also like, oh my god, all of our old friends are here now. So that led to the feeling of that one as well because but, like, you just don't see those people memorable over like the actual it was, performance it was memorable in that all of those people were in one place at the same time yeah and we'd never seen them like kendrick who'd seen kendrick lamar in forever let alone the rest of them well, in all one the, spot he like had the 50? biggest like spectacle of the whole thing because he um they went like out to the field for him remember he had all the people in the white like yeah. dancing along with him and that's you need more of that you use the field is a really big lesson to it as well do not yes. keep just a, a smaller wide shot on a stage the entire time there is uh an actual game that's going to be played sunday as well um it is a matchup that i think a lot of people thought was very possible at the beginning of the year it's played out that way it is there's some heavy stuff at play here right i mean you're talking about patrick mahomes now by the age of 28, if he can win three Super Bowls, that's a trajectory that that you can now like be in the chase for Brady. Like he, theoretically, he could be in the chase and and try to track down Brady, and and it puts him now in that conversation. If he loses another one, he's still in it, but it's tougher. You only get so many bites at the apple, and and this would, by the way, be them winning in their second incarnation, like second version Chiefs. You know, no Tyree kill and and finding another way and maybe their last one with like Kelsey as a apex. Like he was age. Now he's been great in the postseason, but like he certainly had lost a step during the regular season as it went along. So there is a sense of boy, if you could hang one now, it's going to be different going forward. And to put that hay in the barn too, because it's still a very very exclusive club. But there are other two Super Bowl winners. Yes. And we always think when these guys are young, oh, they'll be back. They'll have other bites at the apple. They'll have other chances. Russell Wilson never got back. No. He was in his second in three years, or was that even close to back-to-back he, there? Yeah. And they, they lost that one, and he has not been back, and it doesn't look like he's going to be there then. And then you're thinking of, like, did we think Ben Roethlisberger was never going to win another one, too? Like, he got Rogers, to two. Rodgers only got to one. It, this stuff happens. It feels like, oh, Mahomes is going to be here forever. And he still will be. It's not like his career is ending. But getting to the Super Bowl is harder than sometimes it appears for some of these quarterbacks who do get there a lot in a string of years. 
Can you guys name, Reese, you can start. Can you name the, there are four quarterbacks who have won three Super Bowls. Okay. Four quarterbacks. Joe Montana. Reese. Brady, we know. So yeah. say Montana, Brady. Star? Nope. Just two. Think of, I mean, Young. salt on the wound for you. Elway. No. Elway, Elway two, one, Young two. one. Peyton one, two. Eli one, two. Is we have to go older? Is that? One's older and one is in your life now. Okay, so there's four technically. No, Roethlisberger won two. There's four. No, T1, T1. Yeah, he won two. Two for Roethlisberger. Because he won with Cower and There's a total of four. Okay. Roethlisberger, Mahomes with a win would become the fifth. Okay. So, yeah, we've got. I mean, Brady and Montana are the easy ones to remember. Yeah. Man, I'm. Did Troy Aikman get three? Okay. Ding, ding. So I got one more. You got one more. You got one more. You got one more. Think of it from the perspective of franchise who's won the most. Would it be um, oh, Terry Bradshaw? There yeah, you there you yeah. go. So Bradshaw's yep. won the four. So Brady's got seven. <laughs> Bradshaw and Montana with four. Aikman with three. That's it. That's the list. Mahomes would jump into that list at 28. See, and then if you haven't pulled up, can you read off the two-time winners and how that's still an exclusive club, but it's not the same type of quarterback that is in that. Like, guys just... Like, Eli Manning is a Manning, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame because of it. But I don't like, know if he even will, quite honestly. I think he will because he's Eli Manning maybe, and just maybe. everything. Um, and two-time Super Bowl is still, like I said, an exclusive club. But that's Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. All right, here's your two list. So some of these guys you mentioned. Elway, Staubach, Greasy, Roethlisberger, Mahomes, Star, Jim Plunkett, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. See, good club, but not the same as that three and three plus club that you listed there. Right. And it's, it's, so that's the thing when you're, in terms of like when you have that greatest conversation, greatest of all time conversation, and always people go Montana, Brady at the top of it. You know, the other guys who you would say if they went, if, if Elway would have got one of the ones he played on early in his career with Denver, where they got boat raced a bunch of times and all of a sudden he has three. It's always crazy to me that Manning only has two. Yeah. That's nuts because he's, he's the most decorated regular season quarterback in NFL history. It's not particularly close no, from an all pro standpoint. He's dominant. I think he's got seven all pros. Um, and he just won the two. And the second one that he won in Denver was, it was the defense. Like the times when they were dominant offensively in Denver, they didn't win it. They got boat raced by uh, Seattle the one time. Yeah, he should have won the first one in Denver. It felt like they they could have won that well, one. They, lost on they the, also lost to the you know the Sean Payton onside kick to start the second half. He lost that one in Indy. Yeah, in fact, the the only one he won in in uh, when he was in Indy was with the the Rex with Rex Grossman in the rain with Prince. And uh, yeah, and then the, the Bears. That one also like that, now I think Peyton Manning has done enough to prove that he is really that great. But like it came down to, and it's not specifically that Bob Sanders was healthy, but he won Defensive Player of the Year. The defense was probably the best defense he ever had paired with him in Indy for that season. Yeah, and that was the only time he won a Super Bowl with them. Yeah. No, they couldn't. And it's funny, like they, there were weird losses for him when he was in in Indy. There was, uh, there there were a lot. There's a loss to the Steelers. I think they lost to the Chargers one time. Um, I remember when he was in Denver. The, didn't the Ravens get him? Didn't won that Flacco? Got him on the deep ball. Like the it was like, yeah, nothing in the season. He hit the deep ball like 73 yards to tie the game. They got behind somebody. So that would have been the one where Flacco went and played the That's 49ers. 2013. Then, yeah. And that would have been Manning was ridiculous that year. There. So from a Mahomes standpoint, this stuff is nuts. What he's able to do. You're talking about getting into a category that has four people. He'd be the fifth. 
and he does it by 28, and they can continue to build around him. There's also the heavy stuff with Reed. Um, now, all of a sudden, you're talking about a guy who has coached in a Super Bowl in Philly. He will be attempting to win his third in Kansas City. He's 65. We talked about that earlier this offseason or, or earlier this postseason with him in terms of tracking down those all-times wins list and trying to get somebody who can make a run at Shula. That doesn't seem realistic, but he could definitely pass Belichick on a modern list. He's at in the 260s right now, Belichick's like 308, something like that. That's It's something like that. And you're talking about he's going to get 11 wins the next five years. He was asked about that yesterday. One of, you know, there's media availabilities all week long out at the Super Bowl. And he said something from his parents that he was told when he was a kid because he was always picking their brain and that like when you're ready to step down from something, you'll know. And he's just basically at that point where it's like, I don't know that yet. So I'm I'm still full in. But who knows when that clicks for him. None of us thought well, Nick Saban was going to retire all of a sudden. Everyone loves him. He's so he's such an incredibly fun character. He is a brilliant coach. But if you're curious about what makes him tick, go Google his kids and their private lives. There's been a lot of opportunity where just as a dad, you'd say, man, I got to stop where this is headed. Mm-hmm. And he kept coaching ball. So I think what makes him tick is football. He's a football coach. Yeah. So I think he does it until he's in the ground is how that's going to go. I don't I don't know that there's a path for him where he's playing. I don't think he's like, go play golf guy. Yeah. What's I don't it? think he's like going to the Jimmy Johnson, going to Isle Murata and deep sea fishing. Like, I think that stuff's. He's in that scenario. Well, what else am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm if I don't do coach. this, I might as well die. What's the point? That's, I think, kind of the. Kind of the the feeling, especially that's the read I get on him. Play that out with Patrick Mahomes, basically the entire time. It's not going to, you know, it's going to be nice being a yes. football coach. You're not going to go through very many low points no, with that. No, not at all. Thing or not a thing. Up next, hey guys, coming up at the top of the hour, eleven o'clock. Bishman friends are right here on the fan. You're home for the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, and crew, and our sincere apologies for common man singing Creed songs. The fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Ten. Bo knows many people. He talks to the interesting ones on this show. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing on a first Friday. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. First one up on a first Friday, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery announced plans on Tuesday to launch a sports streaming platform in the fall that will include offerings from at least 15 networks and all four major professional sports leagues. A one-stop app to view most sports should be a welcome site for fans who continue to navigate rising costs by subscribing to multiple services. This written by ESPN, by the way. The platform will include games from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, WNBA, NASCAR, and college sports, including the men's and women's NCAA tournament as well as golf tennis and the FIFA World Cup it will include offerings from 15 linear networks ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN 2 ESPNU, SEC Network, ACC Network, ESPN News, ABC, Fox, FS1 FS2, Big Ten Network, TNT TBS, True TV that's it, thing or not a thing that's cable 
Yeah. Oh, so you're just selling me cable? Sports Can I just cable. cable again? Just specific sports, sports cable? cable. Wait, isn't that just a sports window? You used to be the sports tier. You could buy like a sports tier. I think I still pay for it. Um, here's the thing that jumps out to me on this. The, the who's involved in the partnership. So this is ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery, okay? Um, this tell like, you, you, we get back to our conversation about the SEC Big Ten partnership. Mm-hmm. This is, the, this is, that's this. Like, we're all going to row in the same direction because we all want to make more money. And we're going to cut out the middleman. And middle we're going to cut out the middleman. And we're cable. all going to wow. make more by doing it this way. I hate this because I can feel that my 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 love affair with cable is going to have to end, unfortunately. Um, and my flipping is going to end. And I don't like that. I think it sucks. Um, but this is where we're headed. And I do think, like, this paves the way. Them all working together on something like this paves the way for them getting on the same page with the college football playoff. I mean, it's a huge thing. Uh, yeah. I'll just say this. Watching your favorite sports doesn't have to suck if you just want to be a bad boy. God. You, you can't flip from the, the bad boys. I can't flip from you just streams. just to be a bad boy. And your bad boy streams, I can't. Haven't you heard of multiple tabs? Oh, God. Multiple windows? Multiple oh, devices? God. I'm not saying you should do it. I would never condone such no, illegal of activity. No, of course not. But if you like being a bad boy. I, an I instrument mean, of chaos. I like this model because that's what I've been talking about is that the idea that like I need to be able to at least during like especially college football to have that flipping available yeah. there within the same app and so I don't have to go out find a new app and do that and I, I'm already streaming a lot of things so this wouldn't be bad to me it does feel like they're going to launch this and basically tell people you also have to get an antenna if you don't because this is not factoring in all the network partners in there you know abc and espn but there's talks of them selling that whatever that maybe that one gets in there and does fox put some of their stuff from fox network but nbc absent from this yeah so far so that would be one where you would need the over the air channel or some sort of access i guess you'd have peacock that's why they're not in it because peacock's actually kind of working out i think sports wise for nbc yeah oh uh, we've thrown around his name a couple times earlier in the program um, but Chip Kelly is currently the head coach at UCLA. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Solak from The Ringer reported yesterday that Chip Kelly's interviewing with the Seattle Seahawks for their offensive coordinator job. This was Tuesday night. Chip has garnered a ton of NFL interest, and the Seahawks had rumored interest in his offense for much of this cycle. End quote. Thing or not a thing? That's uh, McDonald took that job. Yeah. Mike McDonald. Oh, Jay so Harbaugh took the special teams coordinator job. Yeah. And uh, Belichick's kids there, right? Oh, no. no he's no, at he the University of Washington. 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 Yeah, like, to, same city. Okay. Um, I'll just say this. Let's see what happens in the next couple days. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, Chip Kelly just... I don't know what the, he would want. The thing more. is, he's just made it clear that he doesn't... Like, what is UCLA UCLA supposed <laughs> to do here? This is... I'm thinking about that. This is, hey, honey, stay at home. I'm going to go on a few dates, but nothing serious yet. <laughs> just don't no, worry about to it. see here it's a couple of dates who gets hurt who gets hurt i'm just gonna see if there's something better something i like a little better but if not i'll come back and coach i'll come home we'll I have get, dinner it'll be great i guess the only benefit for ucla is if he takes any other sort of job he has a contract and so they'd get a payout so that's and they need money yeah and they're just like well we'll wait for that money and then that'll figure it out because of the, like why would you want he clearly doesn't want to be the head coach at ucla you anymore. think he's like costanza like when costanza put on like babe Ruth's uniform and drug around the world series trophy trying to get fired from the yankees and he just can't and he can't they won't fire him like Steinbrenner loves him, says he loves how bold he is. We got to get rid of the past. Be forward thinking. Does he have a signing day presser? I wonder what that's like. Jeez. 
John Rahm on Tuesday lamented missing out on recent PGA Tour events at Torrey Pines and Palm Springs, but he is hopeful that he can compete in those events down the road and doesn't regret his decision to jump to the Live Golf League. Oh, that's all I can say on my part. Uh, with DP World Tour, we've seen examples of people playing events, right? So uh, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I would love to, if it's allowed and if I can, be able to go play the Spanish Open. Uh, and if it doesn't conflict with live schedule, right, a tournament, but both me and Till are going to miss the earliest Wentworth. Um, if I qualify, I still love to go play in Dubai, the DP World Tour Championship. I mean, that's that's certainly events I would like to play. PGA Tour, we'll see. Um, if there's ever a way back and a way where we can play, even if it's as, uh, as, um, as an invite, I would take it. It's, like I said, there's certain events that are special to me that I would, I would still love to support. Thing or not a thing? That's well, this is the, that's why you. That's what the money's for. You took four hundred million. I would have too. I don't blame you. But you're going to play in a closet, and you're not going to play on these type of events. And if the PGA Tour is going to try to go it alone or try to find this other avenue absent of live in the PIF, then they have to hold firm on this. Otherwise, everyone's going to go take the money. So the only way to do it is that way. Um, and it, they, look, he was steadfast in PGA, PGA, PGA. He had that press conference last summer where he was talking about, like, I've got enough money for my family. I don't need the money. Well, yeah, but when the number gets big enough, everybody likes more. So there was a number they got to. Was it $300 million? Was it four? Who knows? But there's a number that it got to for him. And he said, okay, I'm good. Now I will sacrifice all of this to go do this. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, dude, you can't take the money and then be like, but there are other events I no, want to play after in. one live event. I can't do that. Well, like, he probably saw 200,000 people watch the thing, and he's mm-hmm. like, meantime, three, two million watch what, the other. does he not have like, YouTube? Does he not have other people that can CW give him coach. a live? That's true. Well, you know, you're nodding your one tree hill, and you've got your LIV golf. Just real quick. Yeah. Um, this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal. Before selling the Orioles, John Angelos reached an agreement to sell the stadium naming rights to T. Rowe Price, an investment management firm. It was supposed to be announced uh, yesterday, but then T. Rowe Price found out about the sale when the news broke last week. Thing or not a thing? Absolutely worthless investment for T. Rowe Price in, in general anyways, because everybody's going to call it Camden Yards. There's no question. Like, w- why would you pay for that? Nobody is ever no. going to call it T. Rowe Price Stadium. Great point. Also, like, I'm just, because of how duplicitous that family is, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, I, I wonder if he wrote in the contract something of, like, his personal outside of the well, how's he benefiting what's he he's making money he's gonna make some money yeah. somewhere that he's not supposed to be is probably how that'll go but i was talking to timmy last night like i was thinking about him with his orioles like they have don't they have like the top three prospects in baseball yeah they had a decent farm system they had a, like, they actually ridiculous. did the trust the process they did it and they yeah. at, and now uh, they I get this new ownership after the sale they acquired a former cy young winning pitcher so yeah Things are looking up for them. Unfortunately, T. Rowe Price uh, gets kind of put on the outside of this. Timmy's also a Commanders fan, so two yeah. no, new ownership in both the Orioles and the Commanders last, coming for him. Last night, he was in a uh, a Mariners, like 89 Ken Griffey Jr. Mariners lid. Have you seen what shirt. they've been doing on Fridays? So I'm inspired. By, I let, we're up against it. I'm gonna, I'll have some comments on the tracksuit thing. I'm very excited about this. We'll, we'll get to that coming up next. Hey, guys, as well. Final hour on a first Friday. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. If you're starting your day any other way, you're doing it wrong. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekdays starting at 6. The fa- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First Friday miracles are always better with Uncle Bo. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, before we get to Hey Guys, yes, I've <laughs> seen Tracksuit Friday. The fact that that Mike and Timmy got Smitty, he's always Smitty to me, mm-hmm. got Smitty, and then Angela Pace in a tracksuit. Angela Pace in a track. That's the queen. That's a legend. And I mean, I've known her. That's my, that's the mothership legend. And I've seen her tracksuit. I'll be honest with you. Hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, that Hell video last week they put yeah, out. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And I'm thinking about, I actually thought to myself, like, could I be a low-rent Malta Santi? Like, could I, do I need a tracksuit? I, I feel like I want to participate. See, that's my thing is I, I've, I've seen it and I was like, wow, I pretty fun. much, I pretty much aware wear anything. I mean, I've worn a Hawaiian shirt to Muirfield multiple years in a row now. And if, for, for the joke, I will, I'll, I'll wear just about any outfit. But the problem is I have to buy a tracksuit. I don't yeah, know about a tracksuit. Yeah, I don't know where it's, I always just think of like the Adidas ones is, is what jumps into my head. With the white stripes like, down the, yeah. yeah. I feel like Fila would be the ultimate like tracksuit. Puma, that, maybe. Puma would be very good as well. Velour, a nice velour. To add your it's own little flair to it, would you wear neck braces? <laughs> like Baltasante running around right? in a neck brace. <laughs> so good. Here's what it is. This is why Tracksuit Friday is taken off, other than the fact that those guys do a great show and all of that. But the, re- the other reason it's taken off is just like First Fridays. It's a state of mind, man. Put yourself in tracksuit Friday. Yeah. Put yourself in a tracksuit Friday. All of a sudden, it's a weekend. Who's getting hurt? Same thing about first Friday. Enjoy a cocktail. No big deal. Enjoy yourself. Act accordingly. Speaking of which, the there's, mindset. A, there's a Blue Jackets game coming up on a Friday in a couple of weeks. They're playing the Sabres. Yeah. And uh, I managed to get myself uh, some tickets. And then as I got it, I it, when the tickets were sent to me, it came with the card of like what the night is. It's Margaritaville night. I am. I am so into that. that. We're You're just, into that. When we were at that bachelor party uh, in October last year, the whole thing for some reason we all centered on we have to go to Margaritaville, even though it's not that fun to go to a Margaritaville <laughs> restaurant. But we were all enamored with it, and we went and we were singing only like two lines of the song. We could only remember two lines of the song yeah. like the whole night. It was crazy. You would thrive in Key West, chops, and on all fronts. You'd you'd thrive. Uh, it is a first Friday. It is time for hey guys, hit it. Nothing is off limits. Your participation is required. Just use the hashtag HeyGuys and ask anything you want. Do it now. Sponsored by Whiskey War by High Bank Distillery. Drink local, drink High Bank. Yeah, we're talking about High Bank. You're talking about the best blended whiskey in America. Three years running right here in town. They're the best. Find out more about their award-winning local spirits. It's it's not just the Whiskey War line, although that one's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the gin, we've I've, I've ran the vodka by my wife, loves it on a nice dirty martini. That's a big win. This is a new one they have. I, this was our officially endorsed a couple of weeks ago. The new ready to drink cocktail. You just you buy the bottle, you're good to go. Their Midnight Manhattan. Um, it's their twist on a classic Manhattan. It is absolutely awesome. Stop by High Bank's two locations: Grandview, Gahanna. Enjoy those award-winning spirits for your next happy hour. Make your reservation at highbankco.com. And the winner, the best one here, gets a $50 gift card to Highbank and a free distillery tour for up to 10 So good luck. Let's see how well you did, kids. First one up today is from Dustin. He says, hey, guys, if you combine the 2019 LSU and 2001 Miami football teams, could they beat the 0-16 Browns or the 0-16 Lions teams? All right, so I guess in order to do this, I'd have to take them at their age. 
I'd have to yeah, take that, 20. If you took their NFL counterparts, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> so, 01 Miami, that's that's at Ed Reed. That's Ed Reed. It's Sean. Yes. The answer is yes. For sure. It's Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow. The the backfield, even at 22, Willis McGahee, Clinton is, Portis, is right? Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis. There's another one I'm missing. Frank Gore. Frank, Frank Gore. Gore, for God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, Shockey's the tight end. The offensive line for Miami was loaded. Um, the D-line, like Miami's secondary was Mike Rump, Philip Buchanan. They were all first-round picks. Ed Reed, Taylor, Entrell Roll. The linebackers were DJ, uh, DJ, oh my God, what was his name? Was Vilma on that defense at linebacker? I mean, like Grant Delpit? <laughs> Greedy Williams? <laughs> yeah. Jacob Phillips? Yes. But what sure. if I tell you Ed Orgeron has to coach him? Well, sure. we, here's the, here, let do do a fun exercise. You guys know Ed Orgeron coached. Do you know who was coached Miami? You know one? It's Larry Coker, right? Larry Coker and Ed Orgeron coached the two most talented rosters maybe in the history of the sport. And they both flamed out within a few years after it, right? Didn't very, matter very quickly. <laughs> Didn't matter. That's that's how foolproof those two rosters were. Who was the coach of the Owen 16 Lions? Because Hugh Jackson was the Owen 16 Browns. Hugh Jackson's here, baby. <laughs> um, 16 I don't know who would it. Rod Marinelli? Oh, poor Rod Marinelli. C-Dub. He went 7-9 and nine the year before. C-Dub's still salting over that loss in the NFC Championship game. Sucks. But at least, hey, it could be that. Next one from Ryan. Hey, guys, during the writers slash actors strike, when it seemed like absolutely nothing was on TV, my wife and I started watching Yellowstone. Now that we've completed it, again, give me a series that we can dive into. We have every streaming service besides Max, and he says we're not picky. Well, I, I, it's hard because I don't know what he hasn't seen. So, like if, you, like, if you enjoyed Yellowstone and he watched it through twice, which leads me to believe that he did. So if you're th- talking about anti-hero, you're talking about Sopranos, you're talking about The Wire, Mad Men to a certain extent. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, absolutely. Um, you're talking about uh, the FX shows. A lot of those are really good. Justified's awesome. Um, what else is on? Uh, Sons of Anarchy's a fun show. Um, all of those are very great. On. Yeah, those are the. Sh- then you can do like the half hour ones. Like the the Bears a half hour, right? Yeah. Is it an yeah. hour? Yeah, the Bear is a great half hour. If you're looking for comedy, Curb's great. Um, there's two short ones on HBO. I always talk about Rome and Deadwood, which are spectacular. They're just shorter runs. Um, yeah, there's so much. There's so many good ones. If you like the idea of soap opera but for guys, Friday Night Lights is always well, a great option. In th- that and that's standpoint. one that your wife yes. will just love. And there's enough football. It's ridiculous that every game comes down to the final play. That doesn't actually happen. Yeah. He would be the biggest story in in non-NFL football if there was this Texas high school coach who played an entire season where every game came down to the last to the play. Left. They and never never got blown out, never blew anybody out. No, no. it's it's crazy. Uh, and then the I only would, thing I would say about that is like and I I uh, rewatched that in the in the pandemic and for the first time since I watched it in real time and the Writer Strike's second season of that is so awkward. Mm-hmm. In when you stream, because it they, they, because in those days they didn't think about well, somebody's ever going to stream this. Like they just they just stop telling the stories that these absurd storylines. Like they just act like it didn't happen. Almost there's not even really a season there's finale no to no. that season. They they it's come really back weird. at the beginning of the third season and then they say Smash Williams blew out his knee and all right. this. Oh, we didn't see any of that. That Landry Landry and murder. It's a shame he doesn't have Max because I would say the just run through all the Danny McBride content that Max can offer. 
Um, I think that would be really fun. And But if you have Netflix... This is a sketch comedy show, but they're really short episodes. It's a little weird, but I I tell you, especially if you like it and you get to repeat watchings, I Think You Should Leave is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Could not recommend it more. Okay. All right. I recently stumbled... uh, There's a lot on Prime. It'd be pretty good. The Boys. Don't watch it with kids. Uh, I recently stumbled on the Donald Glover or Mr. and Mrs. Smith. How'd they do with that? Pretty good. Okay. I think it's more entertaining, obviously, than the movie. Um, and it's in kind of like 45, 50-minute episodes. Okay, so that's manageable. Yeah. The Jack Ryans are pretty good on there, too. Jack Ryans Prime. are good. Reacher's really good. Uh, yeah. If you like just large people fighting, yeah. Reacher will do it for you. I don't know if I'd recommend Rings of Power because that's a lot of commitment to a show that's probably just going to disappoint, and you have to be a gigantic Lord of the Rings fan right. to get into that in the first place. Boy, he threw a lot of money at those. That one million and then he, dollars. Yeah, that one, and then what's the other Wheel fantasy? Of time, that, something like that. Something yeah. like that. He threw a lot. They tried of, to be Game of Thronesy, and they none both of them, none of them hit. By the way, bombed. like Thrones is awesome too, but you know, just stop like three uh, third to last episode. Next one from Ben. Hey guys, what's the proper adjustment to the fumble through the end zone rule? Has to have some sort of repercussion, right? What's it again? Give it to me again. What's the proper adjustment to the fumble through the end zone rule? Very simple. The ball is fumbled. If the defense recovers, they get it. If they don't and it fumbles through, you place the ball back where the fumble occurred. I would like it to at least have some punitive nature of you place the ball. Like it's either a touchback or if they if it's way down the field, then it's a touchback. If it's inside the 20, it's to where the play started. At least move it back. Have some sort of... But, because the end zone should be special. It's different. You shouldn't just be able to reach the ball over and lose it and have almost no fear about losing it. That's why the rule is in place. So right. I would like it to have some sort of... You can't just place it at the one. But if you were... Let's just take it... Here's the problem, and I understand what you're saying in terms of making it punitive. But here's the problem with it. If I reach for a first down marker and it fumbles out of bounds, I get it at that spot. Where you fumbled it, yeah. Correct. So why change it? Because the, end, the zone. end zone is special. The play ends at the end zone, too. But on a you don't third have to down, actually go down. The play just ends when you enter the end zone. It's yeah. different. Yeah, sort of. I, I don't know. I think Don't make it more complicated. Either one, either one would work. Football but I, needs more complicated they need, rules. They, don't need, they got enough complicated rules. I mean, I'm for just keeping it the same because it just frustrates the hell out of people. It's so stupid. Every time it comes up, like just, it just it takes over Twitter for just 10 like, minutes. How stupid is this? It's, like. The fact, like, it's, it's ridiculous. When you've ever tried explaining football to somebody who's not really familiar with the sport, you think to yourself, God, that's the dumbest thing you could do. Oh, that do- doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, the hell do they do that for? You, that's a good question. What would be the equivalent? It's like over the basket is two free throws for the other team or something like that. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I, there, there's I don't not really there is, is a. a- justifiable like sports equivalent to how just stupid that is it would kind of be like if you i guess it would be like if you hit a if you hit a ball deep in baseball i mean maybe that i'm making this up on the fly and it bounced off the outfielder's head like canseco style instead of being a home run it was an out or if instead of ground rule double when it bounces off the turf and goes out you're out you're out yeah like maybe that's something like that yeah i don't know that it's it's an odd one this one from Vance. Hey, guys, if you were a top-rated recruit, how would you reveal the school you're going to on National Signing Day? Oh, boy. You know, I think I would probably do it, and I... These, these are, it's not the same, but I, I would probably do it like Jordan style. Like, I'm back. <laughs> just send out yeah, a, a little that's release. That's probably how I'd do it. <laughs> if you're, or, um, yeah, in the scenario, yeah. the top recruit of the country. Yeah, I would just do it like, if I were Arch Manning, I would just put, do like, hook them, and that's it. 
That's probably what I would do. I would I would probably do that. Yeah, just send out a tweet or something. Yeah. That just says because I assume the point of the question is coming from the the percep uh, the perception of or the perspective of I'm a dude. So if I'm a dude, I would do simple and I would just do like O H and that's it. I like those. I'm not as simple as you. No I, kidding. I, <laughs> this is I, the guy who tried to convince me that I would want a party even if I don't. I, I like uh, to be flamboyant and center of attention. So if I had that opportunity, I'm going to do it. I just know that and I'm being honest with myself. But how would I do it? The, the hat thing, I think, is the coolest of the classic ones. The shirt reveal doesn't do it for me. I don't. I think the misdirections go a little bit too far. Maybe I, I like it when like the mom gets incorporated. I think I would incorporate my mom somehow to help me along with the reveal. But I don't know exactly what I would do off the top of my head. Because I'm one of the top recruits in the country, I'd have already negotiated name, image, and likeness deals. And in those deals, I negotiated pyrotechnics and a flamethrower. And because schools had already sent me stuff... I'd have hats from all the schools that I'd put in my top 30. I would have like a top 30 tweet the day before. I'd have 30 hats, and I would walk out through the pyrotechnics in the school gym with the flamethrower, and I'm lighting each hat on fire. And then I'm going, oh, 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 am I going to do it? And then I light it on fire. Here's what I want. And then they just the one remaining is the school that I just put the hat on, and I walk out, and someone want, else cleans it up. I want someone to put your face on Kenny Powers' Playing in the Mexican oh, so League crotch chops. with the fireworks and the flag. That's what I. That's what I. As you're describing that, I'm picturing power. Is it Churros? Who is he playing for? I can't remember the at name that of the time team, when he was yeah. La Flama Blanca. That's what it I want. Is the Churros, yeah. The Churros, yeah. I want that. I want your face on Powers with the pyrotechnics in the background, picking your school, lighting the hats on fire. All right, we got to pick a winner. Which hi, which hat are you lighting on fire? I, I I like Dustin's. That was a fun one to think about like that because in, your initial thinking is, well, there's no way that 22 year olds could beat those teams. But I'll never forget being at Brown's training camp that year and looking out there and seeing Kaiser Kessler Osweiler and going, and that was nothing compared to the receivers. There yeah. wasn't a human being on that roster who could catch a pass. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't. None of them are in the league. There are yeah, there are there are like better receivers not starting on the LSU roster yeah. <laughs> in twenty nineteen than oh, we're on God. the Giants roster now. All right, so he gets the uh, fifty dollar gift card to our great friends at High Bank, the free distillery tour and the tasting for up to ten people. They'll take care of you. It, it's it's awesome. Awesome stuff, and they are great, great people uh when it comes to High Bank. The Big Ten SEC partnership. What is on the agenda of that? And we got the news earlier today in terms of the uh the the app where they're all kind of partnering together it could be a, a harbinger of things to come. We will get to that coming up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. Wake up with the fan. Eat lunch with the fan. Go to bed with the fan. Dream about the fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. Hey guys, it's Chaps. Let's see if you can guess what these potential side effects are from. Pancreatitis, urgent bowel movements, depression, suicidal thoughts, kidney stones, birth defects, hypoglycemia, anxiety, and insomnia. If you guess weight loss injections, 
You, sir, would be correct. All those risks when 80% of patients gain their weight back within a year of stopping the medications. How about these side effects? Fat loss, happiness, increased mobility, confidence, restful sleep, and increased energy. Those are the effects of Awaken 180. And I'm not just touting Awaken 180. I am also a client. Clients experience these when losing weight fast. And they keep it off for life because of the lifelong maintenance that is for free once you are a part of Awaken 180. I'm still in that. I am in the maintenance uh, part. And I am doing... A great job, if I could say so myself. Give Awaken 180 a call at 844-346-1800 or schedule your online consultation at awaken180weightloss.com. Bishop and Friends, we're sponsored by Awaken 180. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications. The solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Uh, this from uh, on the fumble through the end zone, 15-yard penalty from the spot of the fumble and loss of down. That would make it incredibly punitive. I mean, that's basically the touchback idea. 15 yards. I mean, because it has to be close to the end zone. So 15 yards from there is about going to put you in the, the range of the 20. So, I mean, you can make it a penalty. I just, I think there has to be something. You, you can't just get the ball back because then, then there's no reason to not reach over well, there's every one. single time. Well, there's you could one. lose it. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. one big one because it is. You'll have it. We saw it in the championship game. You get a punch out and it's done. The worst part so about you can't that recover one, it. He didn't need to do that cuz he, he would have had the first no. down at the one. But he wasn't reaching either. That was a great play. It's just mm-hmm. a, that's just a punch out. Um the SEC and Big 10 partnership is it's happening. Uh we had that story earlier in the show and thing or not a thing about um Fox and ESPN and um who else is involved in that? Fox, ESPN, everybody. Warner. 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 Yeah. yeah, Warner. Uh Warner Discovery. So all of those guys under those umbrella now starting to work together. And the reality is, is whether it's the ACC, the SEC and the Big Ten or those monster media conglomerates, what you're all trying to do is maximize and make the most money that you can. Um, the ACC, the SEC and the Big Ten going together and being partners on this, there's, there's several factors that are at play. Um, number one, and we, we saw this from Ross Bjork, who, um, Man, it's that's going to be something what he's walking into in terms of where the sport is going um, and and every all of the issues that he's going to have to deal with day one on campus. But from a from a business standpoint, um, the SEC Big Ten want to be the ones and Bjork said it in his press conference here. We want to be the ones that write the rules of the sport. We don't want to react to this anymore. We want to be the ones he acknowledged we're headed for a pay for play model. So let's come up with one that makes sense so that we control it. That will be job one. That's the first thing that they've got to do. Um, they can do it because they're in a similar financial situation in that they're both filthy rich. So they can, they can do it. I, it's not, is it possible for the big 12, the, the ACC to, to pay its players? With a $36 million or $32 million per year television deal juxtaposed to a $90 million a year Big Ten deal or an 80 some million dollar a year SEC deal, they're not going to be able to pay as much. And they're not going to be able to, I would think, have universal rules across all of the conferences. There's just no way. Um, tough decisions are going to have to be made. But but these two can and what is going to happen, we talked about this a little bit yesterday in terms of will they further expand. Um, yeah, I, I do think that the Big Ten could further expand and get to 20 and add Notre Dame and somebody else if they want to. Because if you don't have a seat at this table, then you don't have a seat at the table. Jack Swarbrick's not going to get invited anymore. We're past that. He's done. So, And, and the rest of the ACC schools are in this boat, too. The Big 12 schools are in this boat. Whatever's left, left of the Pac-12. Well, I guess is it saying something that the current chairman of NBC Sports... Pete Bell, sure. liquidity 
He's going to is be... Is his real name? No, it's like Pete Balakwava. <laughs> amazing if his name was Pete Liquidity. Um, <laughs> he's going to be the new AD at Notre Dame. So when yeah, Swarbrick right. steps down, it's NBC Sports guy. And I wonder, yeah, like that would also be like the easiest way to cut ties with that is like, okay, everybody respects Swarbrick and he's always been in these meetings, but do we have to invite his his predecessor? Like, or is that the first one? His successor. Successor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also saw this today from Pete Thamel and Dan Murphy helped on this report from ESPN talking about the, the Big Ten, the SEC and this arrangement because they want to, like you said, be the ones who are forging the way for what new college football and college sports are going to be like in this part from their article multiple sources told ESPN there's a lot of chatter that this Big Ten SEC Big Ten arm linking could manifest itself amid the thicket of lawsuits facing the NCAA some of the wealthiest conferences want to find a way to settle those suits particularly the billions and potential exposure of House v. NCAA and use the settlement structure to create a path forward this is not simple nor is it inevitable as it's complicated play that likely would involve Congress, but as one industry source told ESPN on the building settlement chatter, quote, Congress doesn't want to save us. They want to help us. There's a big difference. And when I read that quote, one, I, th- good. That's It's good that yeah. there are people saying that because, yes, the Big Ten and the SEC need to come together and say, this, we are in all of this. This is what college sports should be. Congress, can you help us like codify it and make it yeah. make it something not hey congress come up with rules they don't every time they talk it's very clear they don't understand college sports and what the industry is like no they don't i mean they're exposed every time they know less about that than anything and it would appear that that they have no clue on that so yes that that's it seat at the table get the help that they deserve and handle it well not deserve the one that they frankly need uh but handle it the next thing they got to do is the the, the next job so that's job one job two and the one that's more immediate is we've got to decide how we're going to televise this sport and how we're going to maximize the dollars on this sport because of the 16 teams if that's eventually what it gets to the majority are going to come from our two leagues so that's the next thing that they got to do beyond that they have to do something about this calendar yes it's it's nobody untenable. likes it. why do we have something that nobody likes because because nobody's been a boss before so now you have sankey you have Petiti. They're being bosses, and they're going to say, we have got to make sense of this. There's simple fixes. You you take the first signing day, and you put it at the end of July once all the the visits in the summer are done. You keep the second signing day in February. You move the schedule. I always get Pepe Silviot on this one. Do you move it back, or do you move it up, however you want to say it? It needs to start sooner is what it needs to be. The college football season needs to start like on October. August 16th or whatever, middle of August, so that it's done the second week of January and you're not going head to head and you're not playing on Thursdays and Fridays. Like those are the things that have to get done in this group. These are big, heavy conversations. Some of them are simple. Some of them are wildly complicated. But the fact that the two of them are working together is the first giant leap in the right direction. I wonder, too, if there's a chance that proof of concept as we run out the current CFP deal as it expands to 12 teams over the 24 and 25 seasons, if that will actually open them up to other networks being reinterested because right now the reporting is that ESPN is just going to pay for it all again and own the CFP. But it's crazy to me that the two most profitable things in college sports, the NCAA tournament and the college football playoff, don't really have an open bidding process for their television deals when yeah. all the conferences have gotten to that point. Well, that and that's that's why when we did the thing and thing or not a thing about that partnership, now you're on to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you're on to something. Amanda Krisovich, all over this stuff. She's our buddy from sports business, uh, front office sports, rather, dot uh, com, Wall Street Journal before that, dialed in on this, on the amateurism fights that are happening in the courts. She'll join us coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. 
This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. Another Buckeye transfer from the portal is from Kansas State, and he's a quarterback, the signal caller Will Howard, who won a Big 12 championship for the Wildcats. Howard figures to have the reins at quarterback going into this spring at Ohio State. I love my guys at K-State, and I, I have nothing bad to say about them, man, but, I mean, the talent here is unbelievable. And I, I just just being, being around the guys, and the thing that's impressed me the most about, especially the receiver room, is how driven they are and how much they want to work. You know, I don't have to go out there and beg these guys to go catch. I mean, they're already out here catching on the jugs when I come out to throw. You know, it's like they're incredibly hardworking just all across the room. I mean, we got dudes like Carnell and, and Brandon Ennis and, and obviously Emeka and all those guys. This report was brought to you by Safely Autoglass. I'm Matt Andrews on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safelight Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at Safelight.com. Safelight Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Libman makes a difference. The Libman Mock Crew is a part of our winning team. The Libman Mock Crew makes sure the hardwood is safe and clean for the players every game at the Schottenstein Center. No matter what kind of flooring you have at your home court, Libman has the tools to keep it clean. Our mops, brooms, and brushes are proudly family-made in the USA. Visit Libman.com to see our whole lineup and for a store locator. That's Libman.com. Libman, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. For more than 35 years, Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse has been known by Buckeye Nation as serving the best steaks in the city. Our thick-cut, aged steaks have been a staple in Columbus with three locations in Upper Arlington, Dublin, and downtown. Hyde Park is proud to introduce our newly added wine room at the downtown Columbus location, where a new elegance in dining will surround you. And coupled with live entertainment every weekend, Hyde Park will be the perfect setting for any occasion or the perfect night out. Hyde Park is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go by. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat Because Uncle Bo is on the radio This is Bishop and Friends 
All right, let's get a little smarter. Great friend of the program, Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest, hotline Amanda Krisovich, sports business reporter, front office sports. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much for taking your time. There's about a million things I want to get to with you, but I did want to start here because the one that's getting the most attention locally is this partnership between the SEC uh, and the Big Ten. And and this is Sankey and Petiti, and hey, we're going to be the big bosses of, of college sports. And we had Ross Bjork, the athletic director here, about a month ago, the new athletic director here, talking about, hey, we're going to be at the foreground of pay for play and all of that stuff. How big is this stuff being said out loud in your world? It's being said out loud, but very off the record, I would say. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think think the implication that we all know is that um, this partnership is being put together to consider how, you know, there might be some sort of way for the richest conferences to create some sort of pay-for-play extra compensation scenario. I also read um, some other reporting yesterday about the idea of these two conferences um, coming together to sort of strong-arm the others uh, and and get a settlement in, um, mm-hmm. in some of these big cases, right, like the health case. Um, I just saw that Greg Sankey is going on Feinbaum at 6 p.m. Eastern today, <laughs> theoretically, to explain what exactly this partnership is. But can I just, you know, be the contrarian that I sure. always am? <laughs> like, this smells a lot to me like the alliance. It's an alliance that makes a little bit more sense like the uh, than the other alliance. But, like, the idea that these two conferences haven't been, you know... It, aligning themselves behind the scenes to try to preserve amateurism, that they haven't been sharing the legal costs, they haven't been sharing, you know, the lobbying costs in Congress for the past three years, is ridiculous. I mean, it's very cute that they put out a press release, but I'm not quite sure what's different than a week ago. Yeah, I think all valid and uh, a good tease for our audience, as they know, Paul will be on with us tomorrow at 1033 to break all of this down when it comes to his conversation with Sankey. So everybody wins. It it wasn't, but it all works, though. Um, I guess the the only thing that I would say that makes this different than the alliance that you referenced is that these two are on an equal footing, right? These two, along with their television partners, Fox and ESPN and Obviously, the Big Tens is a little more convoluted with the CBS and, and NBC part of it, but it's really a Fox thing. They're the ones that are going to control this sport going forward. And we saw even a further example of that in the last 24 hours with this partnership between ESPN, Fox, and Warner Discovery in terms of this sports app that they're going to launch. And when I saw that, I said, okay, we're all, maybe we are, maybe that's why this time it is different. Do you, do you buy into that at all? Yeah, I'm actually going to be doing some reporting in the next few hours um, to figure out a little bit more about the college sports component about this new sports bundle. I do think it's very interesting that the two big rivals of ESPN and Fox, you know, on the field, the biggest rivalry is Big Ten SEC. Off the field, it's ESPN and Fox, right? They're, as you said, they're partners. Um, no, like, I, I agree. I definitely think it makes more sense because these two conferences are the most powerful and ultimately they're the most similar. So if they're going to make their own rules for themselves, um, you know, they claim this is not, you know, they're running around yelling, this is not about a breakaway. Like, this is not, you know, that's not what we're doing. I, I don't know that I believe that um, because it's got to be a breakaway in some form in terms of compensation and rules changes. So I definitely think it makes more sense. 
Um, but then I also wonder, like, I don't think that this means that their, you know, business rivalry is going to change. I, I don't think no. that um, it's going to keep them from trying to, you know, potentially poach each other's members. I don't think it's going to keep ES- ESPN and Fox from, you know, going at each other as they always do. Um, you know, and if they did, I'd be disappointed because that wouldn't be as fun. No, it wouldn't be. And I, I'm always just talking to people around here that, are, you know, some of the some of the people on this, any of these conversations, you're right. They're always quick, like, well, we don't want to break up the NCAA. I've always kind of had a theory, man. I just don't know if either one wants to actually write the rule book. Like, that's a lot. like nobody wants to well, sit down and go, what are the rules of the sport? Like they already have. It's so much easier to amend the NCAA rule book than to try to write your own. Well, and I will add to that. They don't want um, they don't want to be liable for enforcing said rules. Absolutely. The, the thing that, that they all love about the NCAA is that the NCAA absorbs all the liability and legal costs. Interestingly enough, though, then the NCA goes to court and says that it's the schools that should be liable uh, for the lawsuits that, you know, they're the defendants in, which is always funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they're realizing now is that especially with this house case, that could be, you know, $4 billion in damages split across the NCA and power, you know, quote unquote, the old power five conferences. Um Maybe the NCA isn't absorbing as many of the legal costs, so maybe it's time to rethink it. Maybe the biggest benefit of this national body uh, no longer serves them because they're going to have to chip in. That's a great point. The um, you, you've been all over the uh, the USC UCLA. Some of the testimony that's just been com- comedic. Uh, some of the things that are said out loud and 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 kind of grasping at straws for direct questioning, and then we also had this this Dartmouth case in the last week or so, where hey, look, we rule your employees. Uh, when this when you, these stacking losses that keep happening in in college athletics, where's where where are we near a tipping point on this? I would say that we are past the tipping point. Okay, um, we're just trying to figure out, you know. It's. It, it, I feel like we're in the epilogue, right? Because, um, of course, all of these decisions that aren't going the NCAA's way are going to be appealed all as far as they can be appealed, um, which in the case of the NLRB, in addition to federal court, you can go all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, you know, and, and the other sides of these, too, like the athletes, the advocates, they're, you know, they're smelling blood in the water and they are also going to appeal all the way up to the Supreme Court. So it's more just a question of like when we get to the point where we're through that process um, and if these rulings stand. Like everyone's talking about the NCAA is dead. I don't think they're dead, but I think they're like on life support and there's mm-hmm. very little chance of them surviving. No, yeah. So then I guess the question becomes, how long can you run on the treadmill before you finally say, all right, if this isn't working anymore? Um, it, is there a time frame for you on that in terms of how, how much longer are we going to play this game? Well, if we're going to let the courts decide, I would think it's going to be another like two to three years if we're going to, if the Supreme Court, if it's, if these cases are going to go all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court takes the case and then, you know, this, from, from the minute the Supreme Court agrees to take a case to when it issues a decision could be almost a year alone, right? Um, I learned that covering the Alston case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, look, if, if the NCA really says, you know, throws up their hands in the next year, or, you know, if they lose, start to lose appeals, you know, because that's also a possibility. Um, 
you know, the higher courts always have the opportunity to not take the case and let the lower ruling stand. I'm not sure I see that happening um, for a couple legal reasons we don't really need to get into. They're kind of boring. But <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, Two or three years, then, like, though, right? Yeah. And then, like, I don't see Congress getting involved either. No. Either way. Right. To to. um to solidify either employee status or amateur status. So yeah, I would say two to three years. I, I have, I, I have adored your coverage of the USC UCLA stuff. Um, it's just amazing. I couldn't recommend it higher enough to our audience. I thank you so much for your time. Um, and, and always appreciate every conversation. Thanks for giving us a little bit of your time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Amanda Christovich, sports business reporter at front office sports. Yeah. I mean, some of this testimony, is amazing. Like, amazing. It's the USC guy who's on the stand, and they go, so you're saying that they could wear an Adidas, or it could have been UCLA, but the the point was, you're saying they could wear Adidas if you're a Nike school? They also asked them something that was along the lines of, are there ever things that aren't mandatory that are deemed mandatory by the coaching staff? And he's like, well, not to my knowledge. (laughs) We all know what a coach means when he says something is optional. That's right. That's right. Uh, We'll get you officially endorsed on a first Friday. Three things coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. If you miss a live show, you can catch the podcast. If you miss the podcast, our hosts have volunteered to have dinner with you. The meatloaf! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Hi, Reese. What do you have on the poll? Daily fan poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. Today's fan poll asks, how much would you pay for the new all-sports streaming service? Nothing, $10 to $20, $30 to $40, or $50 or more. 50% of respondents to the Daily Fan Pool sponsored by ER Auto Care say they'd pay nothing. Depends on how much. Well, I mean, if you got rid of Cape, like, it works that way. Like, that... Probably the twenty dollar range. I don't like that it's ten to twenty. I feel like ten and twenty dollars so are idea, too different. Is idea yes, that this I will, would agree with that? Is this the exclusive home for streaming, or is this because you'd have alternate? The, yeah, then do you still have all the? Do I get to do all the rest of it? I all I know. want is all of it in one place. Where can I get that? Yeah. Nowhere yet. Cable <laughs> is where I can get that. That's the only place. So that will be the big power play. If they pull it off of everything else, like if ESPN's all of a sudden like, you know what? We're not going to be on cable anymore. We're not going to be on direct TV. We're not going to be on YouTube TV. Like if you want ESPN, you're getting it through us only. That will be the power play that yeah. forces the hand. But then are you willing to do that with the risk that people might just say, actually, I don't care about Major League Baseball. I'm going to buy this for three months of football season and that's it. And remember, so no, that's the tricky part. No matter how good it is at launch, they will always squeeze you and we are the losers in all of these There's, situations. It loses as big a way as possible. Um, all right, it's a First Friday. Hit it. Bishop and Friends present First Friday. Officially endorsed because everyone deserves two Fridays. Sponsored by Sugar Shannara Accident Attorneys. We go to war for you at warforyou.com. That's warforyou.com. You drink for the wrong reasons. My generation, we drink because it's good. 
because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar because we deserve it we drink because it's what men do so i i'm always looking for something new as especially in the world that we're in now with uh with tr- very difficult to find some of my all-time favorites um and and certainly when you find something that's a little different, you stumble into it. I thought, oh, I like that. I think you ought to try it. And this is one that I had no intent to fall into, but did. Buddy gave me a bottle of it. I tried it. Very, very good. Uh, the bourbon is Claremont Steep. It's out of uh, the uh, Beam family. It's a James B. James B. Beam distilling uh, bourbon. It's it's a smooth one. It's pretty good. Um, it's it's out. It's available in the market. It's it's worthy of a uh, of a first Friday toast. So it will work. I ha- I've had it. Uh, I did an old fashioned with it last week. Very very solid. Um, it's good enough. Certainly plenty good enough to be your officially endorsed on this fine first Friday. Time for three things. One, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me. I got in an elevator yesterday on the seventh floor. I went down three floors, guy walks in, AirPods, phone, doesn't even look up as he walks in. Two more floors later, woman walks in, phone, looked up, smiled, right back to the phone. Like all she did was unlock the phone. So I was curious, like human behavior, unlock the phone, that's it. Just, just unlock it, did nothing else, then home screen. Down one floor, woman walks in. Speakerphone conversation. <laughs> Jail. And I'm sitting here and I, I don't have I don't have, I don't walk around with my phone out like an idiot. <laughs> so I'm sitting here observing these humans. None of them even looked at each other, other than the second woman who looked at me and then looked at her home screen to unlock it. I'm thinking this it's over. Society's over. Well, have you seen the people walking around with the Apple goggles on? Someone now? driving a Tesla Cybertruck coach. <laughs> That's apex idiocy. Yeah, those are because it, it just augments your reality. Ugh, I don't know if I'd trust that in in the first time it's coming out. Um, I hate when people cross the street and are still looking down their phones. It's outrageous! Just look up for the Put ten it seconds, away, man. Uh, first one for me, New Chops TV. As I mentioned, this one was kind of a hodgepodge. We talked a little bit about the Fast and Furious. We've been watching that. Jim Carrey's coming back as Dr. Robotnik in Sonic 3. We talked about Underdog, Snoop Dogg's Mighty Ducks slash Bad News Bears movie for adults. And then we talked about the Super Bowl halftime show and what we think about that and also what CBS is debuting after the Super Bowl. Coveted time slot there. What are they dropping? A brand new show called Tracker with the blonde guy from the This Is Us show. Okay. Of a series premiere is a pretty big bet. It's a big bet. Yep. I don't know how we missed this in the show today, but Justina Anderson's reporting Rex Ryan's interviewed for the defensive coordinator gig with the Dallas Cowboys. Oh my God, that Jerry. Rex Ryan! Come on, come on, Jera. Ron Rivera and Mike Zimmer are the other two no. names from outside the building. They've got their defensive line coach that's also interviewed. So he thinks it's he thinks it's 1998. Give me. Give me Rex, McCarthy, Jera, Steven on that Amazon follow yeah. the Cowboys thing. Yeah. Does, does Jerry have a, uh, a LeBron problem that he forgot that the league kept progressing after it's, a certain it's point? Right. It's all the same. Uh, number two for me, there was, um, I told you I was watching the show, the, the Fargo season five. I don't know if either of you guys have seen it. Very, very good. Um, and there's a line in the second episode from like one of the hitman and it doesn't go well. The hit doesn't go well. I'm not going to make any spoilers, but the hit doesn't go well. And the hitman says, you say housewife, she a tiger. You send tiger. That's a different guy. You didn't say I was getting a tiger. And I 
I just think that's the best best thing I've ever heard to describe like a fierce woman. So from now on, when the blonde, when she's formidable, she's a tiger. Second one for me. Um, I don't know. It's just popped in my head. Give me something to do. I think I want to start collecting something because I'm a man. I'm in my 30s now. Isn't that what you do? Yep. Whenever I see someone online with a cool collection, I think, oh, that might be a cool hobby. But I don't want it to be something that I can just buy. I want it to like naturally happen. Like I, I go into an antique store and I find whatever I'm collecting. So I'm probably leaning towards movies. I don't know if that's going to be DVDs or props or what. But I feel like it's his famous last words of all of a sudden my basement or my basement yeah. or garage is going to be filled with crap. Paul Feinbaum's going to be on the show tomorrow at 10.30. Just another plug for him. He's going to talk to Greg Sankey tonight at 6 about the brand new alliance. So it's great for us how that works. So Amanda talked to us, who told us that Paul was having Sankey on. Paul's coming on with us. People helping people. Synergy. People helping people, folks. That's it. Uh, That music means the Ryan Day Show is coming up next. I can't wait to listen. There's going to be a lot in play here. Uh, So that is coming up next. Enjoy your first Friday. Act accordingly. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. encyclopedic knowledge of sports and other random things you may or may not care about. I think I found my mentor. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to three. The Fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. One of the most popular betting props for the Super Bowl's first touchdown score. Christian McCaffrey is the favorite at 4-1. to one. Isaiah Pacheco comes in at 6-1. to one. Travis Kelsey to be the game's first touchdown score. It's plus 750. With Devo Samuel and Rasheed Rice 11-1. to one. ESPN Bet has 49ers a 1.5 point favorite over the Chiefs on Sunday. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.